Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Busy day ahead. Of course, we do this, then we do Simply the Bets, and then tonight you come down to Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold to hang out with us for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialist. Tonight, Tyus Bowser is joined by Marcus Williams, will be his special guest. Obviously looking forward to getting Marcus Williams back out on the field. be good to catch up with him. Got off to an incredible, a stellar start to his time with the Baltimore Ravens. Now hoping to build off of that. We will talk about it. I don't know who Desmond Jennings is, Griffin, but we do need to update that. We don't have anyone coming on today named Desmond Jennings. Desmond Armstrong is going to join us, but I don't, I'm not sure who Desmond Jennings would be. Try to think if I know a Desmond Jennings. I do not. I don't think. I'll think that through a little bit longer, but I don't think I do. Uh, yeah, tonight, 7 o'clock, come join us. Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. Not a part of town where very many shows head to. So you're on that side of the, the you know the world. This would be like your chance. So come join us tonight at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold for the Tyus Bowser Show. Looking forward to being there. It is a Tuesday. Patrick Stevens is going to join us a little bit later on. We'll talk about a big week for Maryland basketball tonight against Louisville, Friday against Illinois. Some of the other things that have happened both locally and nationally in the world of college basketball this week. Our buddy Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst, is going to join us a little bit later on as well. Is Jelani Woods available in any of my leagues? I feel like that could maybe help solve some of my tight end problems, of which I have many. Back-to-back weeks where my tight end position produced me zero points. Actually, I don't think it was zero. I think Robert Tanyan got me three the previous week. So three from Robert Tanyan, zero from Jawan Johnson. Tight end stinks, stinks. But we'll talk about that with Joe Serpico. And as I just mentioned, we're going to preview a big one for the U.S. today, obviously, against Iran. Not Iran. Make that abundantly clear. Iran. This afternoon, 2 o'clock, we have reached the portion of the World Cup. Why do we – this TV has been sitting on the floor here in this office for – how long have we been working here? Six months now? What is it? We moved in in July. No, so it's not been six months. Four months? Five months. Five months. Five months. Because we're we're at the end of November. Five months sitting on the floor. Now, in fairness, I I have not taken the uh, the time. I have not had the gumption to go ahead and hang it myself and to run the cable or anything like that. But it'd be really nice this morning to be able to. I think did I bring my iPad with? Maybe I can put up. I'd like to know. There's two matches that are happening right now. As we've reached the uh, portion of the World Cup where you have um, multiple matches played at the same time so that the outcome of one isn't known and teams can't decide what it is they want to do based on the outcome in the other match. And that's terribly relevant for the U.S. and their group later on this afternoon is everyone has a chance still of advancing. No one has been eliminated going in. Of course, the U.S. knows very clearly what it's got to do. It's It's got to win or else there is no path. They don't win. They finish in a draw today with Iran. It's over. We will talk about that with Desmond Armstrong, former Maryland men's soccer standout, Maryland native. 
course, played in the 1990 World Cup for the U.S. We will chat with him a little bit later on this hour as well. So all of that coming up today. A um, couple of things right out of the shoot. Number one, I need more of you. Thank you to Patrick Lund, who just got in this morning. We are over 80% of the way. We are closing the gap. Today is known as Giving Tuesday. After Small Business Saturday and Cyber Monday and Black Friday and, I, I don't know, eat, eat Till You Die Sunday. I don't know what they call Sunday. Whatever these days are called, today is known as Giving Tuesday. And we are asking you to give to the Helping Up mission. And we are hooking you up. We are giving you gifts as a thank you for your generosity. We've got great raffle prizes, an autographed full-size Ravens helmet from Calais Campbell. We've got an autographed Trey Mancini print, courtesy of our friends at Great Eights Memorabilia. Um, We're going to have another one, and I, I think now I can tell you that it will be signed by both Tyus Bowser and Marcus Williams tonight, but I will work on that if you can't make it out. Some great raffle prizes. But what we need from you is we need $25. And that $25 we're going to spend on getting toiletries and underwear for the men and women that are trying to pick their lives back up and put themselves back together at the Helping Up Mission. We need you to help us help helping out. I said that incorrectly. Help us help helping up. Help us help out helping up would have been good too, but not what we're going with. Help us help helping up. At Glenn-Clark on Venmo. At GlennClark180 on PayPal. GlennClarkRadio at gmail.com finds me on PayPal as well. On Cash App, just dollar sign GlennClarkRadio. I need you to get this done. Now, there will be another way for you to get in after this week. We want to have this locked up by Friday because come Friday, we want to announce the third portion of how we're raising money. We, of course, did a couple of World Cup draws, and we're going to do a bowl, pull, a bowl pick em again this year as well. We've done that the last few years. I'm going to set some numbers to it, but it'll be the same thing. It'll be 50-50, half the money to charity, half to the winner. I'd like for us to get 25 people involved at 20 bucks a pop. That gets us to $500, right? That gets us to $500, so $250 more to the Helping Up mission. If we can go bigger than that, if we could get 50 people in, then we would be able to raise $500 more for the Helping Up mission. That would be wonderful, but we will get to that after we finish this. And we are really getting close. Thank you to a few of you who have gotten in with multiple spots. My man Chris Boxakis got in four spots. Cotter, El, uh, Cotter Vendigelad got in for like 20 spots in the raffle, which is fine. As I've said, you can have as many spots as you want until it's filled. Thank you. So many of our regulars have jumped in. Nick Kelly jumped in. Ben Graver jumped in. John Keller jumped in. So many of our regulars have gotten in. If you're someone who listens, we need you to get in. I'm going to get to a point come Thursday or Friday where I'm going to start calling you out by name if we haven't filled this thing up yet. I'm going to start naming you by name. I need you to get in for 25 bucks. You could be the raffle winner. You could get an autographed full-size Calais Campbell Ravens helmet. A Calais Campbell autographed full-size Ravens helmet. My brain and my mouth need to sync up a little bit better today. You could be the winner. Worst case scenario, you've donated $25 that is going to go to lifting up the folks at the Helping Up Mission, the people who need it most this holiday season. So I need you to get in. 
No more wasting time. No more, oh, right, I saw Glenn talking about that. But no, none of that. I need you in. I need you helping us help helping up. Worst case, I need you to go to at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I need you to retweet the pin tweet. I need you to share it out to everybody else. I need you to help us find other people that will help helping up. I need you. If you're a part of this thing of ours, I need you. Because I got to finish this. The goal is $3,000 because the folks at Target and White Marsh have told us they'll extend that a bit for us. The goal is $3,000. We've already got 320 of it from the World Cup pools. If we get to 2500 here, we're left with the only needing about $200 more from doing the bull pick'em. And then we're there. We reach our goal. It's a very attainable goal as long as we finish filling this. And we're very close. We are down underneath 20 spots remaining. So get in for one or two today. Please. Because I don't want to have to derail the show again for the rest of the week. I'd really like to just be able to do the show and not talk about this. But this is what we're going to do until this is filled. We need you to help us help the Helping Up mission. Got it? Get in today at Glenn-Clark on Venmo, at GlennClark180 on PayPal, Cash App, dollar sign, Glenn Clark Radio. That's how you get in. If for some reason you're uncomfortable with any of that, email me, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. Say, I don't know, man, like, I'd kind of rather, I've had people tell me before, I'd kind of rather give directly. That's fine. Nobody is opposed to that. But if, they, if you give directly to the Helping Up Mission, they've got to use it for, the, the way that they use that money has to be a little bit different. We are trying to give directly to the folks who are at Helping Up Mission. You might have seen yesterday that a number of Ravens players made a trip to the Helping Up Mission to try to help lift up the folks who need it, including Lamar Jackson. Justin Tucker was there. It was awesome. I shared that on my Facebook page if you didn't see it. It was an incredible day at the Helping Up Mission as Ravens players made the trip to lift up those in the community who need it most. Incredibly powerful thing. Awesome. Grateful that they did that. So please help us. Um, Two things really quickly. One, Lamar Jackson, since I brought him up. John Harbaugh addresses it in his press conference. I'll say, I'll go one step further. I do think that the right thing to do would be for Lamar Jackson to send out a tweet just saying, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. And I think the likelihood is it'll come up in his press conference tomorrow. And he'll probably say that. But I do think that getting ahead of it wouldn't hurt, right? Like, just say I shouldn't have said it. It's still, I'm, I'm still not, like, that. I kept reaching out to more people that I know in the gay community yesterday, and I still could not find anyone who thought it was appropriate for what he said to be labeled as anti-gay. I'm really kind of stunned that ESPN stuck with that as the day went on. I'm really kind of stunned. I think there was a lot of ways they could have massaged that or changed it or just done whatever they wanted to do. I get it at some point when you're you in journalism, well, hey, we're going to stand by what we said, but I just don't think it's defensible. I don't think you can defend labeling that as being anti-gay. There's other things that can be said. It's certainly not appropriate. There's no question about that. But anti-gay was a step too far, and I still don't blame Lamar Jackson for being bothered by that being the word that was the word choice that was used to describe what he said on Twitter. But John Harbaugh says they met about it, they talked, they, you know, everything seems to be good there. And I did it oddly, I just happened to do a couple interviews around the country yesterday, and it's sort of what I said. Like I 
if that's the biggest problem you deal with with your quarterback, I think you're going to be okay. I think if the biggest problem is him sniping at somebody on Twitter, telling him to EAD, you're going to be all right. There are far bigger problems. I don't know if anybody's familiar with, you know, who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this week. It's not okay. It doesn't make it acceptable. It doesn't make it something that I want to see Lamar Jackson doing. But I think we can all be adult enough to understand why it's not that big of a deal. Last night, the Colts played the Steelers. Irrelevant game, obviously. In the NFL, these teams are bad. You should feel bad for watching them, right? But this is football. We all watch. That's the way that it works. There's only so many games that are played every year, and football is we, the, the, this country revolves around football. So I'm watching last night, and unsurprisingly, I'm seeing and hearing from the broadcast and on Twitter, Jeff Saturday get murdered for the Colts' clock management at the end of the game, which is really fascinating to me. Because I don't think we talked about it much, but I don't much care for Jeff Saturday getting a head coaching job in the NFL. And I guess, you know, it's not really a head coaching job. It's an interim coaching job. But still, it's not an opportunity he deserved or he had earned in any way. I I think it was inappropriate. I know that it's dealt with one of the other factors that we talked a lot within coaching circles, which is the difficulty for black coaches to get these jobs that they have earned and they do deserve. Meanwhile, Jeff Saturday doesn't deserve the job, hasn't earned it, and gets one. Now, again, it's a weird situation. He wasn't made the full-time coach. He was made the temporary coach and probably given the opportunity to, to earn the job. So I'm not a Jeff Saturday fan. I'm not rooting for him. And I, like a lot of people, am happy to be critical of Jeff Saturday. But what we're doing when we talk about what happened at the end of the game last night is way off the mark. We're pretending like there was some sort of clock crisis at the end of the game that did not exist. And what we're not thinking about is whether or not, because we don't want to give any credit to Jeff Saturday because he didn't deserve the job, whether or not he was actually thinking two steps ahead of everybody else. When Jeff Saturday says, we didn't have a clock problem, He's not wrong. The Colts had all of the time in the world. With 30 seconds left and three timeouts, you are not in a crisis in any way from where they were on the field. I mean, if they were at their own 20 at that point, then, yeah, that that wouldn't have been so great. They didn't have a clock problem. In fact, it was almost the opposite of that. They ran two risks. The first risk being that if they do score, they leave time on the clock for Pittsburgh. How many times are we going to do this until we realize you've got to do everything in your power to try to suck the life out of the clock? The Ravens got, what, 10 seconds with the ball back? And damn near it was enough to win against the Jaguars. 10 seconds. Of course, we all remember what happened in Kansas City-Buffalo last year. We saw what Buffalo did last week against the Lions. Any amount of time at all is enough. Now, I get it. Kenny Pickett is not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I understand that. and You might be dubious of the idea that if the Pittsburgh Steelers got the ball back with 20 seconds left, they'd be able to move into field goal range. 
but the difficulty of playing defense in the closing seconds of a game cannot be overstated here. But why not? Why not like you know have a good play call for third and three? That, why do you think that was a bad play call to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor on third and three? Why do got, people well, think got, that was I mean, a bad hit in the backfield? I it guess. didn't work. I understand that it didn't work. I'm so confused by why people think that was a bad play call. Have you heard of Jonathan Taylor? He's not been the same. Fine. I mean, yes, he hasn't been offensive this. Line, offensive line has not been as good. Not quite as good. I'll agree with you on that. So they, they don't ever run the ball? Third and three is a bad time to run the ball when you know you're going to go for it on fourth down? That's a terrible time to run the ball? We're just saying anything to try to make ourselves, our feelings justified because we've decided that a timeout should have been called there. Well, that was a bad play call. No, the fourth down call, I'll say, was probably a bad play call. Pinning everything on a pick working on the outside instead of maybe trying to use, like, the middle of the field or something underneath in order to pick up short yardage, I think that's a bad play call. Having everything rely on getting someone to release to exact spot, there not being any pressure, something that takes a little bit of untime to, time to unfold. On fourth down, I think that's a bad play call. You could argue that that... Would have been a better play call on third down. That The play that they called after a timeout was worse than the one that they called before a timeout. Could they have called a timeout there? Sure, I guess they could have. I don't think it hurts them. But pretending like there was some sort of clock crisis, because we don't like Jeff Saturday, and not considering the thought about trying to make sure that there is no time left for the Steelers to go beat you is dumb on our part. I'm not telling you it's the right answer. I don't know what the right answer is. That needs to be studied a little bit more. But we're just throwing stuff out there. Because either we don't like Jeff Saturday or because we heard Joe Buck and Troy Aikman screaming on the broadcast so we convinced ourselves it was fact and we didn't consider the totality of the situation. You can't keep leaving time on the clock. NFL teams, what are we screaming about in Baltimore? Should Josh Oliver have gone down to the one-yard line? We're screaming about that. Because we know that giving time to your opponent is a problem. Now, as I've said before, that situation was unique because the Jaguars still had time out you wouldn't have been able to sucked all the rest of the clock off you would have given the ball back to somewhere between 20 and 30 seconds so you know it's not it's not an obvious answer i keep i you got to be willing to think about this we got to be willing to have bigger conversations and not just join the group think got to call a timeout there why why you, you can't you can't convince me that that's an easy answer. We're, uh, we're of course, celebrating and enjoying the fact that sports betting is now available via your phones, your computers here in the state of Maryland. And we want you to wander over to pressboxonline.com slash offers to take a look at all of the great offers that are available to you for sign-up bonuses with various betting companies in the state of Maryland. Lots of great offers, lots of chances for you to get free bets, easy odds, 
no risk bets, things along those lines. And at the same time, you help Pressbox earn a small commission, which helps us keep the lights on. Not that, I want to make it very clear, not that we're in danger of turning the lights off. I want to be abundantly clear about that, but it, it helps us, and we appreciate that. So pressboxonline.com slash offers is the website for you to check out and for you to sign up as uh, you try to collect all the best offers here in the infancy of mobile sports betting in the state of Maryland. All right, let's switch gears. World Cup continuing today, this afternoon. Big one, must win for the United States. Joining us now, a man who represented his country in the 1990 World Cup. He is a former University of Maryland standout and a Maryland native. He is the great Desmond Armstrong, and he's with us now here on GCR. Desmond, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's been too long. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Always a pleasure, Glenn to get on your show, talk to you about soccer in America. It's so good to hear your voice, man. It's been far too long. Hey, before we get into uh, the, the World Cup and all that, get me caught up. What's going on with you? What, what, what's life look like? Are you still down in Nashville? I am. I've been here now for 10 years. I've built a, uh, a soccer program down here called Heroes SC, and I've gone into the city of Nashville. I'm not on the outskirts where most of the soccer programs exist, but I take kids that our refugees, immigrants, as well as, you know, typical Americans, and we put them on a team and we go out and compete. And I'm now uh, connected with Nashville Soccer Club as a outreach club, meaning I'm bringing kids from the urban areas into their youth academies. Awesome. So I'm excited about that. Yep, and excited about the growth of the sport in this country. You know, tell me a little bit more about that, Desmond, because it's it, globally, I think soccer is one of the most unique, um, if melting pot is the correct word, like there's there's almost no sport that is more represented globally than, than soccer is. But where are we in this country with representation within the sport? Well, I think, um, you know, there was an article done most recently in regards to Washington Post. Uh, Stephen Goff had written about the diversity, the change of, the, of the, the face of the national team as a precursor to the growth of the sport. Um, back in my day, I was one of two African-Americans, and now we have maybe, you know, 14, uh, possibly. I, I didn't do the... Yeah, it's... Uh, the, the, the real count, but, <laughs> right. but, you know, seven, there's six to seven that are starters now, as opposed to just one black guy on the field. And that's just African-Americans and we have Hispanics as well. And so my point here is that I think that we've come a long way, but I think that we have to go further as we prepare for 2026 in this, that soccer right now, and even in my generation existed in the suburbs. And so the team that you look at today, that's playing against Iran is a suburban team. I mean, those players are suburbans. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, but we really haven't tapped into the urban areas. And with MLS existing, meaning their, their teams existing in major cities, there are no clubs, youth clubs, that exist necessarily in the city. All of the youth academies of the MLS and all of the clubs in America exist outside of the city. Hmm. And so... And there are players that are in the city. I'm telling you, there are players, whether it be here in Nashville or even back there in D.C., Baltimore, uh, there's a history of players that exist in the city that don't necessarily make it out to uh, academies because, one, the path is it's a play to pay-to-play model that has to change uh, if we're to tap into uh, 
all of the facets of our talent that exists in a, in a big country like America. I, I, I completely agree, and something that I'm glad that people like you are, are stepping up and saying, hey, we're going to try to bridge that gap and make sure that we can find the absolute best athletes that we can to uh, play this wonderful sport and help represent us in this country. I think it's a wonderful thing. Desmond Armstrong is with us here on GCR. Desmond, as you mentioned, obviously today, Iran, um, a, a huge moment because it's a great opportunity, but there is an awful lot of pressure now on a match like this, right? Like we're, I don't know if we're used to being in this spot as a country where like you're, you're supposed to win. You're supposed to advance now after what you've done so far. Are, are you at all worried about a young team you know, coming off what – I, I hate celebrating draws, but we have to be honest. That was a remarkable draw for them against England on Friday, and they played really mm. well. Are you at all worried about the pressure of this moment and now the expectation of them winning and advancing for a really young and largely inexperienced team? Yeah, I think this team is uh, as young as the team that I played on in 1990 uh, by way of age, uh, average age. And so the difference here, though, obviously, is that uh, the players that exist on the field are so much more experienced in that we have so many of them have played or are playing in Europe at top clubs. They're not just in Europe. They're at top clubs. And so I think that the issue of pressure relative to their stated age is not necessarily a concern. I think that they are aware of that type of pressure. I think they're aware of the expectation. I think that my caution comes with this. Even though they're aware and have played in uh, pressure cookers before with their various professional teams, it's a different thing in regards to going out there and playing against a nation. And I'm saying as we faced Iran, those players for Iran have a sense of nationalism that we don't necessarily have. I don't think that our players, um, and I, you know, all the rhetoric in playing for my country and, and it's great representing the USA and, and that's wonderful. And we're going to go out there and, and give it our, you know, give it our all. That's different than I represent all of my people not just my mama, my papa, my brothers, my aunts and uncles. I represent an entire nation. And that's what they're going to come up against. On top of, they've got to win this game. I think that you alluded to the fact that we performed very well against England. But I will say this, that England didn't really take the brakes off and really come after us. Hmm. Um, that's not to take any, it's not to take anything away from the American uh, presence, uh, the way that we played we had possession. We had some surges. We are a, a better team in terms of presentation of identity on the field by way of style of play. But I don't think that England actually took the brakes off. I think uh, Gareth South, Southgate is too conservative. He's got, he should have brought in Phil Foden. And they have so many attacking weapons that he really didn't go to it. And he didn't need to, per se. And that's not to take anything away from the Americans in our performance on Friday. This is totally different today, okay? This is facing a team that's the number one team in Asia, and we're talking about a team that is number one in front of Japan and South Korea. Okay, those are two very, very good teams. And so I think that different than 1998, um, which was similar, we had come off of 94. We were on a our, on our rise, 
soccer has grown in America. Uh, here's our time again in the World Cup, and we're playing against a team that we really don't know about, anything about, but we should beat them. We should beat them. We're in the same situation right now. Everybody believes that we should beat them, and, and not so much we should. We have to beat them. Right. So we have to beat them. So the question becomes, how does Greg approach this from a tactical perspective? I think he was spot on against England, the way that he set up. Uh, but now we have a situation where, okay, uh, this team's going to bunker in and try to counter. I, I, I perceive this. I'm anticipating this. So now, how do you approach that? Do we have the players that can break guys down off of the dribble when you have a team that's sitting back and waiting? Um, do we have proper distribution? I have to give it up from, for Tim Ream. I thought to myself uh, a couple of years ago, this guy's not quality enough to play at the highest level, but he is playing at the highest level for Fulham. He starts, he's a team captain, playing in EPL, 30, what, 4, 35, 34, yeah. 35, yeah. and he's got it on lockdown. He distributes the ball very well out of the back, but on you know his partner, Zimmerman, uh, National Soccer Club uh, player, um, poor distribution, poor decision-making, uh, I don't believe is of quality to play at this level, but, you know, uh, can they hold it down? Can they distribute and get it to the players that can break the defense of Iran? And that means off the dribble. This is what I believe. Christian Polisic has the ability to take the ball and, and turn and run. Can we get him in positions? Do you bring in uh, Aronson, who has high energy? And then do you move Tim Weah to number nine? Because that guy, Tim Weah, is like, when he tries to cross a ball, he's actually shooting, in my opinion. That's all that guy knows. <laughs> he reminds me of Joe, Joe Max Moore back in the day. If Joe <laughs> Max Moore picked up the ball at the corner, uh, the corner flag, that dude was shooting. He didn't know a pass. Um, so, and that's not taking anything away from Joe Max Moore. I love Joe. But here, here we have a situation where Tim Weah, man, I think that he needs to play at the nine. And so if they bunker in, we have to put the ball over the top, allow for him to run in on the ball, and then, you know, possess it, if not go straight to goal. And then everything opens up. Get it back to the outside and use the energy of Aronson and uh, Polisic to run at them. And then as they run at them, a defender has to, has to react. You have to shut him down. And if you break him down, then that opens up space when you have a, a block five or block four that you're trying to get behind. Well, you just really laid everything out for me. You've already skipped like through the next three questions that I was going to have for you. <laughs> Desmond Armstrong is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. But I, I think the big takeaway that I'm coming away from that is, look, expect Iran to pack it in today, and this is going to require remarkable individual effort. And we bring up, like, I, you keep waiting for the moment for Christian Pulisic, right? And my God, he was he was centimeters away from having it on Friday. Like it was, it, mm-hmm. it felt like it was there, like the, the coronation that everybody has been looking for for some time, that today might mm. truly be the day that it's most needed for him to finally have the breakthrough that we've kind of been waiting for with Christian Pulisic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and, and there's some weight on him by way of that expectation. But I, I have another player, I think, uh, or two. I think the midfield was tremendous. Uh, and McKinney, he surges forward. He has no fear, none. He has no fear. I don't know that he gets enough credit for his surges forward. He's like, I'm not phased by anything. Just give me the ball and I'm running with it. Um, or I'm going and I'm going to try to score. Uh, the other player that I think is a quality player is Musa. Um, um, 
not a lot of fanfare for him, but he does a, a tremendous job. And he's the type of player that has enough grit that he can tackle, he can pick up a ball, he can run at you, he can distribute. And I think he has the ability to potentially score if they start striking balls from distance, uh, which they may have to do because Iran may sit back uh, on them. So you're going to have to draw them out by way of shooting from distance. I think McKinney might have the op- uh, opportunity and potentially the ability to do the same. And that still frees up, you know, Polisic and also Aronson, who has, uh, you know, huge energy. Mm-hmm. I think that kid was, you know, that kid was probably like an ADHD type of kid. And they made sure that he was on the soccer field and, you know, to, to quell all of that energy or the, to make use of it. Um, that's, and that's not a disparaging comment. I'm just saying he's got a great energy. And so with all of, with all of that said, you know, uh, Adams does well in terms of, you know, holding it down uh, right in front of the defenders. Um, but I, I will say this, um, Dest, I, I believe is a, is a solid little player. He did very well against, um, Sterling, uh, last Friday. They were of the same stature, same type of quickness. And he did well. I would like to see him get into the offense. And when we're talking about, you know, breaking down a defense that sits back, typically you have to go on the outside. And that means you have to isolate two against one, meaning two wingers, if you will, uh, an attacking winger as well as the number seven on the on the right hand side against the left back to give you a numerical advantage to get behind them a one two or off of a dribble, and so I would like to see him go forward and then uh, the kid on the left hand side is the Johnson Anthony Johnson Anthony Anthony um, I would like to see him go forward as well he's he's a great athlete not too technical but he's a great athlete. So you play them in, you play to our strengths and our strengths are going to have to be maybe, you know, playing over the top a few times. And then as the ball drops back, shooting from distance to draw them out. And then once that occurs, then you can play short ball and and get off the dribble. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to what the approach is going to be. It is a huge game in this, that we do need to get past the first round. This is the last game. If we don't win, we don't go. It's not a tie. Yep. Uh, we, can't, we can't settle for a tie. We have to win. And so that means you've got to throw everything that you can in order for us to win. And, and, and having a mentality, and I was listening to the, you know, the, the women uh, commentators, Carly Lloyd in, in particular, and she's got a winning mentality. You can just you can just see it on her when she's out there. Yeah, she knows you know, a thing com- or two commentate. about winning, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's yeah. she's got it down. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's got it down. And coming off the bench, and you know, I, I think was uh, was misused a couple times. They should have should have started, but she was like, forget it. I don't care if I start or not. Once I'm on the field, I came to win. I'm going to score. And so she speaks from a context of winning. And so with our players, this is a real uh, litmus test for us. Um, can we win? Not just to your point with uh, Polisic. Is he going to light it up? Is he going to step forward? Does he have the character to win? To win. Um, You know, we get past this World Cup, depending on how far we go, and we get prepared for 2026. And I I don't want to hear, you know, well, you know, we, we have all this talent and, you know, we're making so much strides. I've been hearing that mess from, you know, for 30 plus years, ever since I came back from the 1990 World Cup. Come on. Okay. Now it's time to deliver. We have to win. We have to win. And we have to have a mentality that we are going to win. We're not going to, to uh, show our potential. We, we need to win. And then after that, 
then we can talk about, okay, now we need to win in 2026. Okay. <laughs> but don't, don't give me, ah, oh, we did a great job and all that other stuff. Right. No. We need to win. I, you're you're kind of laying the gauntlet down. This is a failure if they don't if they finish if it finishes one one today. This is a failure for the U.S. of the World Cup. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is not to take Iran lightly. Again, Iran has a and I played with a, a quite a few guys at the University of Maryland that uh, were from Iran. Yeah, highly skilled. I played in the Cleveland Force with uh, Ali Kazamani. He was an all star player from Iran. Tremendous player um, back there. Um, Omid Namazi, who used to be the assistant coach at, uh, for Iran uh, underneath uh, Carlos Quiros uh, for a number of years. He was a great player and highly skilled on top of the ball, can pass. And so the question becomes, you know, we have to lock it down. We have to win. And that's where I think we talk about the growth of the sport in the, in the United States has to go to. We have to win. We have to have the mindset of win, uh, even against England. Um, we have to win. There's no, there's no moral victory for tie. Look where we are. We tied. Okay, where's the moral victory out of that? Where's, where's the, where are the points? I'm with you. We have to go to the last game. We have to win this game because we tied on Friday. Got work to do. Major work to do. And I am I love the mentality, Desmond. I love it. Like this is it's time, man. It is it's I'm it, statement draws and, and gutty efforts and, and playing well enough. Go win a match you you need to win. And you should win. And I you're hundred percent right. I don't want to be disrespectful to Iran at all. Look, they they deserved a a win over Wales, clearly. I know it helped that they were playing with an extra man there to get the two goals, but um, this is a match you should win yeah. 100%. I am, I'm completely with you. Uh, Desmond, before I let you go, it, it, can we plug anything? Like, is there anything that you guys could use help with with what you're doing? It's, it's, of course, Giving Tuesday. Is there somewhere people could go to donate to what it is that you guys are doing? Hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent question. We've just become a non-for-profit. So I would say um, go on our website, uh, which is Heroes F. A as in football association.com. And there should be some information there um, in which people can now donate uh, to help us grow the sport in urban uh, neighborhoods. Awesome. You know, we pick up our kids from, you know, section eight uh, neighborhoods, put them together. Uh, you know, I've been financing bank of Armstrong has been financing um, a lot of these teams and players for years, but now we're at a point where we need to, to, to draw money for the express purpose of getting them uniforms, getting them on teams, paying for transportation and giving them an opportunity to use the sport to take their, take themselves further in life. Um, as I say, you know, soccer is not going to solve all ills of society and is not designed for that. But what it can do is be used as a tool to take you much further. It's taken me all the way across the globe. And I'm very, very thankful for, my uh, career and just my inclusion in the sport of soccer. Um, I, man, I, 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 you know, we had a couple of listeners who checked in. They're ready to hire you as our next national team coach right now, Desmond. I don't know if you're if you're still interested <laughs> in the job, but I mean, let's 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 maybe not run Greg out just yet. Um, man, I I am so appreciative of the time as always, my friend. Howard High alum, University of Maryland, National Soccer Hall of Fame. Even briefly, once upon a time, with the Baltimore Blast. Um, he is true and true bona fide Maryland guy. Desmond Armstrong, always a thrill, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. A great 
Desmond Armstrong. Man, I loved that. I loved that. Enough. Because I, I got to be honest with you, there's a part of me that was ready to say, like, you know, how are we supposed to react? That, honestly, on the question, on the list of questions I had for Desmond Armstrong, how should we react if it finishes 1-1 today? Do we say, hey, this is a young, inexperienced team. They went out there. They represented well. They, you know, they got back to the World Cup after the disappointment. And he's like, no. No. You have to win. This is a failure if you don't win. I'm inclined to agree. You can say whatever you want about getting a draw against England. It's still a draw against England. Like, you're still not saying you're ready to go beat top international competition. You played a draw. You had chances that you weren't able to convert. You have to show that there is a next step. Fired up, man. Fired up. All in. Let's go. Thank you. Desmond Armstrong for taking the time for us this morning. Today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. If you're headed to the game on Sunday, stop by the game day firehouse, 1202 Ridgely Street, just west of the stadium. Sample some cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Register to win your own as well as $500 worth of grilling meats, and you can always save $100 when you use the code tailgate at ginsugrills.com. Still to come this morning, we're going to talk uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday. We'll preview a big week for Maryland basketball. That's all on the way. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5544. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com Glory Days Grill great food good sports that first sip that first bite Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. I'm taking a look at at some information. Jonas Schaefer just wrote something for the Baltimore Sun. Of course, a friend of ours, Ravens beat writer for the Sun. By the way, today's show, I I guess, give me one second. I'm sorry. I was skipping ahead because I'm, I'm interested in this. Today's show is also brought to you by UMBC Basketball. The Retrievers have a big one tomorrow night. Great night to be at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Experience game day at the peak for a huge local matchup. Coppin State, UMBC, tomorrow night. Of course, also coming up on December 10th, UMBC-Morgan State, another great local rivalry. The UMBC women take on American on December 18th. Again, you got to experience game day at the peak, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. For UMBC basketball, find out more. Get your tickets by going to umbcretrievers.com. So Jonas Schaefer sends out a story, and it includes a graphic, um, just taking a look at how late in the play clock, essentially, and it's a specific, this this graph, and there's a story that accompanies with it, and I just dove through it as much as I could during the break. Um, the graph says, the Ravens lead the NFL and the rate of play snapped with three seconds or fewer on the play clock this season. Note, data reflects plays from only the first three quarters of games completed by November 27th. Now you'd say, why would that be the case? Well, that's simple, because once you get to the fourth quarter, if a team has a big lead they're going to end up purposefully snapping the ball later in the play clock, and it's going to skew these statistics. So that was one of the first things that jumped out at me when I just saw the graph, and I needed the information that went along with it before I could react to it. So it's not skewed at all by game situation. These are the plays specifically when game situation is not necessarily dictating. So the Ravens, by far, close to 35% of their plays in the first three quarters of games through November 27th snapped with three seconds or fewer on the play clock, which backs up everything that we felt. The plays are coming in late. They're getting off late. The Ravens are flirting with disaster. They're getting bad penalties. There's something wrong here. And to the point, there's only two other teams 
who have even more than 30% of their plays snap that deep into the play clock. What's interesting is that there's not really a correlation between that and bad offense. For example, the Packers are next. I get it. Not the best season for the Packers. The Dolphins, who we all know to be one of the best offenses in football, are third on the list. I don't know what the actual value of the stat is, and I'm not trying to say that to take a shot at Jonas. It's because we have to... to this backs up things that we feel. We feel as though the Ravens have a problem with when they're snapping the ball. We feel as though this is what's wrong with Greg Roman. So we're easily going to jump on this and say, oh, damn it all to hell. This is why this guy's got to go. But as I said a number of times, I don't know what the actual value of this is. The part that I have been told is that part of the story for the Ravens is that they wanted this to go deeper into the play clock because it speaks to what they want to do time of possession-wise. Now, that's unacceptable when it's leading to delay of game penalties. And the Ravens have experienced, I believe, six of them now on the season? Something like that? It's unacceptable for this to go beyond the end of the play clock. And there's, of course, other situations where did the did the play not get off correctly because there was some panic at the end of a, the play clock? There's a deeper look into how this is happening. Is it about the plays coming in too late? Is it about the communication of the plays? What is the issue? But the part that we don't want to talk about is how much of an issue is it? And the Dolphins, an offense that everyone in Baltimore would be thrilled with, Anyone in football would be thrilled to have the Dolphins offense right now. Our third on this list. Also, over 30% of their plays being snapped with three seconds or fewer on the play clock. So... What have we learned? And this is the tricky part for me because I'm not telling you that there's... I'm not trying to tell you it's a good thing. At all. I don't think it's a good thing. I definitely think it's unacceptable for there to be delay of game penalties. But should the Ravens be trying to go with more tempo? On the flip side, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams who snap the ball with three seconds on the play clock or less at 10% of their snaps or fewer. Those teams are the Chargers, Colts, Cowboys, Bears, Buccaneers, Chiefs, and Lions. Well, obviously, there's a lot of good in there, right? Of course, the Cowboys are a very good offense. The Chiefs are the best offense in football. But the Bears? I, I don't know that we have a correlation between being a good offense and when you're snapping the ball. It's a weird thing. It's something we know we don't like. It doesn't look good, and the penalties are a problem for sure. Of course, in the second half, the Ravens on Sunday, this, again, here's a weird thing, right? The Ravens fixed this at halftime. You can roll your eyes about how long it took, but this wasn't an issue in the second half of the game. And yet they lost. So 
I don't know what the answer is here. It bothers me too. I don't like it. But I don't know that there's a direct correlation between when the plays are getting off and the success of the offense or the success of the whole team. Because the data doesn't really tell us that. And the flip side that we've been talking about where the Ravens have determined that time of possession is a thing and that it matters to them. Is there a trade-off to that with you saying, well, let's go up tempo. Let's try to spark. Reed and I talk about this all the time. Let's go up tempo. Let's try to spark the offense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that sounds that sounds good. But is there a trade-off there? I don't know. I need more data than just this. This backs up what we all know, which is that the Ravens get plays off late in the clock. Well, we know that. We've, we've all seen that. What we don't know with certainty is whether that's the problem that faces this team or not. And this data doesn't do enough to me to say, clearly, you can't win like this. I mean, it's going just fine for the Dolphins. Exceedingly fine for the Dolphins. I don't know what to make of it. I I know how we're going to react because I know who we are. And I know who we don't like. And I know how this works in this city. John Proctor. It's almost like the time of snap is less important than executing the play at a professional level. I don't know that when the ball was snapped was why Demarcus Robinson started easing up on the run downfield and didn't continue on a run to give himself a chance to make that catch. By the way, I I was critical of the throw Josh Oliver made. A lot of the people that have gone back and shared out film of the should have been touchdown in the end zone have pointed out that Josh Oliver also eased up there a little bit. Now, again, I still think Lamar had the opportunity to recognize that and put that ball in a better spot for Josh Oliver to catch it, but I don't know what was going on there. I don't know how it justifies Mark Andrews dropping a ball in the end zone. And you can say, well, the Ravens scored on that play anyway. True. But what if they didn't have to run another play there? What if maybe they had five more seconds at the end of the game to try to get another snap off? I don't know that it explains why Demarcus Robinson dropped the ball. Again, I'm with you that I don't like it. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look like the way an offense is supposed to execute. But to say it's specifically the problem that the Ravens face, I just don't know if that's true. And I don't know that this data is... is and, and well said, John. These, this, it's what a politician would use. These numbers support the narrative I want you to believe right now. If this is your narrative, you're going to jump all over this. And instead, I'm going to ask you, is it a problem that the Dolphins are doing this so much? Should they fire their offensive coordinator? And again, this is not me telling you that I think Greg Roman's doing the best job in the history of football. I hate the fact that that's what I, the reputation becomes. I don't think the conversation is simplistic as you want it to be. Well, this stinks. You got to... You got to get rid of this guy. He can't get the plays in on time. Well, what about in Miami? Explain that. 
Is that their problem? Because they look pretty good to me. And the teams that are snapping the ball quickly, they're not all very good. So you figure this out. I cannot. I don't know the answer to this. I think it's interesting. I think there's something there. And I definitely think the delay of game penalties are extraordinarily problematic. I think that's far more relevant than this statistic. Not a sermon, just a thought. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you uh, to Andrew Skalski for getting in with his uh, raffle donation to the Helping Up Mission. Moving right along, under 20 raffle spots remaining. Need you to get in. $25 for the Helping Up Mission. At Glenn-Clark on Venmo, Glenn-Clark180 on PayPal, dollar sign Glenn-Clark Radio on Cash App. Get in. If you need to do it a different way, I've had, I think Steve asked me once before, he said, can I just mail you something? That's fine. If you're one of our older listeners, absolutely, I'll work with you. We'll figure out a way to get it done. If you want to get in, support the Helping Up Mission, please, this Giving Tuesday. Thank you to Simon who shared it out with everybody. Need you to share it out. Need you to spread the word. We need to finish this. Let's get this done. Today's show is also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the Print Issue of Pressbox, still available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Kevin Willard's on the cover for this print issue of Pressbox. When we come back in, we will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Please find me some tight end help. Joe Serpico, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, is next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? 
I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 29th at Mother's Peninsula Grill, 969 Ritchie Highway in Arnold. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Casey Shulman makes a good point uh, over on YouTube. You can't make a correlation. I would expect good offenses would snap under three seconds as they were reviewing the defense and making audible calls at the line of scrimmage. And to that point, I had somebody else reach out on Twitter and say, I don't think it's the snap time that is as significant. It's about when you get to the line. Um, there were some people on Twitter that were telling me that there might be another graph that's out there about when teams are getting to the line in the play clock that, that they think is more damning for the Ravens than the snap time necessarily is because to Casey's point, getting to the line later leaves you with less time to be able to review the defense and try to make adjustments at the line. So I if if somebody can present that to me, if somebody can find it to me for for me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, you know, Glenn Clark Radio at Gmail, however you want to get in, if you can share that with me, I will certainly be willing to react to that because I do think that that is real. I still don't think it's end all be all but I do think it's relevant and probably more relevant than this graph that was shared. Not to take anything away from Jonas Schaefer because the data is good. I just don't know that it's fully relevant to a correlation with whether or not your offense is good exactly when you're snapping the ball within the play clock. And again, it's sort of dictated by the fact that the Dolphins snap the ball very late in the play clock as well. All right, today's show also brought to you by your local Chick-fil-A Restaurants, the Baltimore area Chick fil A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick fil A catering from Chick fil A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get together. Order through the Chick fil A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Can we please find a tight end who can help me a little bit? Let's talk a little bit about Waiver Wire Wednesday. I am hanging on by the skin of my teeth for playoff hopes. Our buddy, Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst with us now here on GCR. 
Joe, I'm begging you. I desperate. I tried Jawan Johnson last week. Gentleman's zero. How in the hell am I finding help at tight ends? Oh, God. I, that's actually what I put in my piece this week. Here's your weekly plug-and-play option, kind of hope for the best kind of thing. Uh, tight end has been absolutely miserable outside if you have Kelsey. Uh, even Andrews hasn't put up the, the numbers that was probably expected of him coming in this year. But, yeah, tight end as a whole, I, I think I talked about this last week. We kind of thought there would be, like, a few maybe sleeper candidates. Yeah, there's been anything but this year, to say the least. Is is Jelani Woods worth putting a claim in for? No. No. Dude, none of these one-hit none of these one hit wonders kind of guys. Uh, he did it a couple, or I believe earlier in the season, he had a game where he had two touchdowns. Uh, kind of uh, ease people a little bit and then fall off the face of the earth. That kind of seems to be um, the reoccurring thing at the tight end position. One week they can be relevant, don't hear anything about them, then they pop up for a game or two, and then you know they disappear uh, again. Kind of if you don't have Kelsey, you're kind of uh, really holding out and hoping for the best, basically throwing uh, throwing darts on the board and hoping something sticks. And uh, at tight end, it hasn't really been the case for much of the year, regardless of who you're putting in there. You know, with even the injuries too. Some of the bigger names, it's really, really muddled down that position, and it's kind of been uh, hard to watch. Yeah, for the record, I was a Darren Waller owner. I did try to find a tight end at the beginning of the year. Just just hasn't worked out for you, boy. Has not been the case. All right, well, who is worth exploring on the waiver wire this week? And I begin by asking you to tell me, what is a Zonovan Knight? Well, I'm trying to avoid that uh, that whole jet situation right now, just because who has any idea what they're going to do next? A um, little bit of surprise that James Robinson was a healthy and active this past weekend, so that you know obviously boosted up on night a little bit on the depth chart to get him some playing time this weekend. Now Carter got hurt; sounds like he might miss some time, so I'm sure Robinson will be back in the mix. Uh, they still have uh, old Turpa Ty Johnson up there. I thought honestly he would get. Uh, a lot of the work once um, once Carter went down, but it looks like they were splitting it between the two. Uh, but it's kind of hard to uh, kind of know what's the Jets' game plan, a running back now. Uh, again, with Robinson being a healthy and active, do they just let him take over that? Or is it Knight's job the rest of the way? Or, you know, is it a, a, a committee approach? So something to kind of avoid, at least for the time being. Now, this time next week, we might be talking something a little bit differently. Um, I, you say that. It's, I mean, is it worth stashing him after the waiver wire? Uh, no, okay. I don't think so. I, okay. I, again, just kind of want to wait and see. Just because, again, we know that Robinson is on that roster. Again, surprising uh, and active this past week. But one would have to think. I mean, they did just trade for this guy not too long ago, so one would have to think that uh, he would be in the mix to take over the job for Carter at this point moving forward. Now, even he is somebody I'm not really 100% relying on just because uh, the Jets' offense as a whole hasn't been anything uh, too great. I guess outside of Garrett Wilson, it's really kind of hard to trust anybody on that offense. What about Jermichael Hasty? Yeah, I have him on my list of uh, waiver wire pickups for this week. If ETN is out, it looks like that job is all his. Uh, well, that's even a little bit stretching to say because they are the team that put in the waiver claim on Daryl Henderson just to make things yep. even more muddled for uh, for that situation down there right now. So the timing couldn't be worse for uh, for 
ETN, especially as we get to uh, closer to the fantasy playoffs and things of that nature. But it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to even trust that. I mean, we would think based on what we've seen this past couple of weeks that it will be Hasty, but who knows? We might get surprised that it'll be Henderson. But yeah, Hasty was a guy I would definitely want to pick up this week. It's uh, kind of like I alluded to in the article. Uh, it's that time of the year just to pick up any and all handcuffs. Uh, they are a lot more valuable right now. I mean, just this past weekend, what Samaja P. Ryan did in replacement of uh, Mixon is a perfect example why you want to have any and all backup running backs because, especially for the high-end ones that you know are going to get a lot of work, just because you know that if somebody goes down, it's going to be all theirs. He is Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst. He joins us as we look ahead to Waiver Wire Wednesday. Uh, Joe, I've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins on a bye in one of my leagues this week, and the only other wide receiver I had been holding was Romeo Dobbs. I'm realizing, holy crap, I really screwed this up. I don't have a wide receiver. I don't know how this occurred, so I need to find something. What might be out there that could help me? Well, not to rub salt in the wound, but uh, Zay Jones this past weekend for the Jaguars. If he's available, he's got 24 targets the past couple weeks got four games the season where he has double-digit targets, so he does get a significant amount of looks. He's not going to get uh, the same volume as, say, Christian Kirk, because Christian Kirk operates out of the slot, but Zay Jones went healthy. I mean, he looks like he's somebody that, uh, I mean, it was kind of unbelievable how often, how often he was open yesterday against that Ravens secondary. So if he's somebody that's available to you, he's getting the work. Um, he is kind of lower in the roster ownership, so he might be somebody that you can throw out there at least for a week. And Because, again, next week there is, and I know I've mentioned this before, we only got two teams on a bye this week, zero last week, but we got a whopping six on week 14, which is uh, makes all a the crucial sense week in the world. fantasy football. Yeah, to- yeah to- it makes a lot of sense. Totally logical sure. that that's how the NFL has done things. You have six teams on a bye in week 14. Very, very logical. Um, you are not inclined after a big game to suddenly think that Mike White can be the answer to anybody who's having quarterback problems. Absolutely not. We saw last year, I think it was his very first start, he came in, he lit the world on fire, and then the following game, uh, he was a turnover machine. I mean, there was a reason why he was behind Zach Wilson, let's just face it. Even it's got to the point now where Joe Flacco might be the best quarterback that's on that roster. We'll never know. Uh, but it, I want nothing to do with the Jets' offense. Uh, yeah, it kind of opened up a little bit with Garrett Wilson. Even Elijah Moore had a little bit of life yesterday. They probably are a little bit of a better passing offense right now, but I want nothing to do with the uh, with that white mania that's going on up in New York right now. Yeah, I, I probably am inclined to agree. I guess this gets to the – and this is not waiver wire because presumably he's been picked up in every league that you have. But where are you at with if you – if you picked up Deshaun Watson, feelings about him personally aside, are, are you playing him this week? Are you saying, I, you know, the hell with the fact that he hasn't played in two years. This is Deshaun Watson that we're talking about. He's got to be in your lineup. Yeah, so that's what's going up on my my piece today, and that's what's kind of so hard to figure out. Uh, one, the matchup is definitely in his favor. The Texans' defense is terrible this year. I've been targeting them just about every week when it comes to daily fantasy. Uh, and that kind of helps into how you evaluate what, you know, it's a little bit of a revenge game. Uh, the Texas defense kind of stinks, but at the same time, he hasn't played football in a couple of years. We can't expect him to just go in there right away and just be, you know, the top 
five quarterback that he was before all these shenanigans went down. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to get in rhythm. Uh, I do think this, just for maybe a week or so, kind of bumps down Amari Cooper, who once again is just having a terrific season. I do think it's going to bump up everybody else the rest of the way, that being uh, Peoples-Jones and David Njoku, maybe even a little bit of uh, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. I think in the long run it will help them out, but at least for the first Let's say week or so, even though the matchup is juicy, I kind of want to wait and see before I'm putting in Watson into my starting lineups. There's got to be at least 12 guys you can rely on right now. Now, if you're outside, you know, let's say you were banking on Stafford or Kyler Murray, who's, you know, kind of been battling injuries these past couple of weeks, then yeah. Give Watson a shot if you're, you know, at the end of the barrel there. I would say what, what about Watson versus Aaron Rodgers this week? Oof. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Who the Packers got again this week? Well, I mean, first of all, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play, right? Like, we got to start with. Oh, that's also true. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's also very true in its own right. I'm saying, like, even so, I like. I think it's totally possible that at this point, it's just done, right? Like, a lot of people believe that like Jordan Love's just going to be the guy moving forward because they want to see him and because the Packers stink, right? But if Aaron Rodgers plays, it is a good matchup against the Bears. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a Mike Glenn Clark issue. I I think it's gonna be taken out of my. He owns the Bears. I don't. I don't think. The Bears. I don't think he's gonna play. I think they're gonna stick it out. I don't. No, I I agree with you there. I don't think he is gonna play with this week with the with the injury. And you kind of said it too. It's time for them to see if uh, Jordan Love is the answer there at least for you know these what I guess four or five weeks. Why risk uh, getting your franchise quarterback injured? Granted, he's probably not the friend franchise moving forward and kind of see what's going on with love and before you even ask uh another person i need to see it before we yeah, we not... start talking about him fantasy is jordan love like yeah. i i need to see something there before i i even want to consider that up watson considerably ahead of him when it comes to that i get that i get that anybody else we haven't talked about that we need to cover uh, i kind of talked about it last week but i'll mention it again this is that time of the year get your handcuffed running backs I just said it before, Samaji P. Ryan was a guy that filled in admirably this past week. He was, I believe, ended up being a top 10 fantasy running back this week, and even he didn't do a whole lot. So go out there and, you know, I know in one of my leagues I've been holding on to Kareem Hunt all year. It doesn't seem like it's going to do much for me, but if something happens to Chubb, I have an all-world running back there. The same thing goes for maybe a unhappy A.J. Dillon owner. Add them, and if something happens to Aaron Jones, I've talked about Alexander Madison. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Dontrell Hillard, you can just go down the line of the top uh, handcuffs. It's, it's that time of the year you want to own those guys in the event something was to happen to the player ahead of them. And we got yourself what we call a uh, fantasy football lottery ticket. There you go. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, you see his stuff at PressBoxOnline.com every day. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, man. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right? You know, I will talk to you then. Just Take Serpico care. with us here on GCR. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. If you've not been, what are you waiting for? It is a gem in our city. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North, an unbelievable place. They've got a delicious Bavarian-inspired menu. They've got the great craft beer selection, including the Guilford Hall Lager, Tremendous events throughout the week, live music, bar trivia, yappy hours, so much going on at Guilford Hall Brewery. Find out more, guilfordhall.com. Uh, quickly, a couple of people that have gotten in this morning from Joe, not Joe Serpico, a different Joe. 
Uh, Joe chimes in and says, Glenn, you're probably right about what you're saying, but I do feel at some point like you can't ignore the correlation between the penalties and how late they're snapping the ball. I don't know where the Dolphins are with penalties, but it seems like they are more purposefully snapping late, whereas the Ravens are more panic snapping late. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I got to try to pull it up again. Jonas' story did cover the penalties, but I don't know if it compared. Oh, hang on a second. Let me go right back to it. Jonas Schaefer again today at BaltimoreSun.com in Ravens Film Study. Uh, uh, most delay of game penalties. The Ravens are tied with the Broncos, Packers, and the Seahawks. The most delay of game penalties with six. So, you know, yeah, that's the obvious problem there. Now, it doesn't tell me, like, I don't know if the Dolphins also have four or five, and if it's part of the cost of doing business, for example. If you want to run an offense that is more determined, that buys yourself more of an opportunity to think through a play, like, do you accept it as kind of collateral damage? And I think we also have to be fair about that number. It's six, and that's not acceptable but there's a big difference between six and, like, one every game. You shouldn't be getting delay of game penalties. Like, I get it. This is the NFL. This shouldn't be happening. And if you want to compare to the other teams that have six, the Broncos, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Packers have not been very good. The Seahawks, you know, don't know what to make of the Seahawks any longer. But for the most part, they've been a good football team. So I still don't know that it... There's something clear there. I, again, it's enough. I, I have said all along, I'm not comfortable with it. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's acceptable. But are you are you ripping the Band-Aid off and saying, we have to move quicker, we have to go up tempo, we have to have better pace, or is it just trying to clean up exactly at what point you're getting to the line of scrimmage? I would tend to think that it's more the latter than it is the former. I I don't think that you should be snapping the ball this late in the play clock. I'm with you on that. All right, when we come back in. Uh, big week ahead for Maryland basketball. Two big games starting tonight against Louisville. We'll preview that, talk about everything else going on in the college basketball world with our buddy Patrick Stevens. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Coppin State on November 30th and Morgan State on December 10th, while the women square off with American on December 18th. Experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County 
County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face. Again, don't forget, mobile sports betting is here, and Pressbox has partnered with all sorts of the area's sports betting I don't houses. I don't know what you call them. To offer you some uh, great deals for signups and free bets, things along those lines, find out more at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Again, that's pressboxonline.com slash offers. It is a Tuesday edition of GCR. On Tuesdays, we talk college hoops with our guy at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. Of course, you see his stuff at the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. He is Mr. Patrick Stevens. He's back with us now here on GCR. Patrick, good to talk to you as always, my friend. How are you? I am well, Glenn. Everything is good, sir. Um, I, I, I guess... We'd start by saying it is a an important week, obviously, for Maryland. This one tonight, it's so weird because Louisville is very, very bad to start this season. What What is this as far as is, – is the test more really Maryland hasn't played a true road game yet this year? Yeah, I mean, it, Louisville's really bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to get around it. Um, they, they did some, they did some scheduling malpractice at the start of the season by, by playing some good one bid league teams like Bellarmine and, and Wright state and app state and, and lost all of them. And then went out and got blasted in Maui for three games. Uh, it's a team with a first year coach that had a firing in the middle of last season and basically has only one guard. 
which is really not ideal. No. Um, when you think about it, you know, having one ball handler and he's not even a true point guard in L. Ellis, and he's really good, but they they, they are uh, they are overmatched in many many ways. And so, you know, I think that as much as anything, you don't want to be the team that that takes the loss to Louisville because you know that's going to be a stain on you for the rest of the season. Even even if you lost to to a Coppin, not that it's going to be good, but you could you could sort of plausibly come up for come up with reasons why you would have lost that game, and you could plausibly come up with a scenario that Coppin winds up winning, you know, fifteen, seventeen games, something like that. You can't do that with Louisville. Louisville's not going to win ten games this season. Uh, Louisville might Louisville might not win five games. This season. Yikes! Yikes! So, I, wow. I mean. I mean, this, the only thing saving them is there's a handful of teams at the bottom of the ACC that aren't very good either. So, uh, but, but at this point, uh, this, is, this is one that you got to get. And, yes, you're going on the road. But you played two neutral site games. I mean, it's not, it's not as if they haven't been away from campus or anything like that. But, but this is one, you know, the next four games after this, you can, you can come up with reasons already why you might lose any of them. But but this is one that you got to get. I mean, in in some ways, it, it it's certainly there's far greater onus on these guys. And I would say this whether they were six and zero or four and two, um, that there's a far greater either of those games up in Connecticut. Um, you bring up the next four, and obviously Friday night, you know, we like to preview the week. Friday night sort of stands out as. What might be the first opportunity for a big crowd in College Park and for a real statement game as Maryland opens up Big Ten play? Things, things really. I'm, again, they got to get things this done tonight, but things really seem to step up big time Friday when Illinois comes to town. All right, Patrick, I apologize. We're having a little bit of an issue uh, phone-wise. I don't know what's going on. It's probably on our end, and I apologize for that. We're going to go ahead and try to get that straightened away way real quick. And we'll let uh, Patrick Stevens tell us a little bit more about Illinois, who comes to College Park on Friday night. Let me try that one more time. Patrick Stevens, I'm sorry, sir. Um, tell us no a little problem. Bit, uh, tell us a little bit more about Illinois. Yeah, Illinois, uh, you know, they, they have, uh, to this point, they're 5-1. and one. They lost to Virginia. No shame in that. They beat UCLA. Most of the other games that they've played are, are not particularly remarkable. Uh, none of the teams in the top 250 in the Kempom rankings to this point. They're playing good defense. You know, Terrence Shannon uh, has been playing really, really well for them so far. He's a transfer from Texas Tech uh, and has been, a, has been an impact addition for them. You know, they obviously are different than they were the last few years. I mean, they were so built around Kofi Coburn. And you, you could tell when they came to town last year and Coburn was injured uh, that basically they didn't have a way to play that was effective if he wasn't there. And that's, you know, that, that was one of the noteworthy victories that Maryland got last season was when Illinois was in town. And in fact, they have a very good history against Brad Underwood in that building. Uh, so between his time at Illinois and at Oklahoma State. But it's, it's a good Illinois team. I, I thought coming into the season that if you were sitting there kind of sizing up the Big Ten, I, I thought they might end up being the best team in the league. Uh, you know, Purdue obviously has a case of that. I'm not as sold on Indiana as some other people, but they're certainly a top-tier team. Michigan, Michigan State, there's, there's certainly some good teams at the top of the league. But I, I liked a lot of the pieces that Illinois has. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for pace, they're the, they're the 11th fastest playing team in the country mm. at this point. So for all the, all the talk of, of wanting to, to, to go fast and whatnot and, and, and move, 
there's going to be an opportunity for both teams to do that. Uh, maybe not necessarily quite 1989 Final Four flying a line eye type, but uh, they are uh, they are definitely an up tempo bunch. I guess the question would be Maryland depth wise, are they ready for that type of tempo type, type of game on Friday? It is it is a perfectly fair question, and I suspect you know for what it's worth, you know as I, as I kind of th- you size up the the Ken Palm numbers and you're trying to dissect them, you know Maryland is 234th in tempo this year, uh, and compared to last year they were 211th. So you would think that they're actually like even slower. I don't know if I entirely agree with that because when you look at the actual average possession length on offense, Maryland's 119th and on defense it's 299th, which means they're getting their shots quickly and they're basically forcing teams to play defense longer. Um, I think they're a little bit faster paced than they were last year. In reality though, they're not like Illinois. And so I suspect, like you say, with the, with the depth issues in particular, uh, that we're going to see Maryland maybe kind of putting a halt to some things here uh, and trying to lean on a defense that I think has impressed a fair bit here in the early go. He is Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Patrick, on the local front, um, I know Towson took their first loss, but it was, you know, playing three games in three days, they bounce back nicely, they get a couple of wins. What What stood out to you on the local front over the course of the last week? Well, that was one of, one of the things. I think that the way that they put away Coppin State uh, Tuesday night uh, going into that event, I mean, they basically played four games in, in six days. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of crazy thinking about just the amount of effort that they put in. They're already 7-1 and one, uh, heading into December. But I think if you'd offered Pat Scary 7-1 and one with that schedule, uh, he probably would have taken it knowing that there were three neutrals and three roads in there. Um, I think the, the game you would have guessed they might have lost was, was UMass, a team that's made them look better and better as, uh, as the month unfolded. Um, but I, I, I think at this point they are kind of what you would expect them to be, which is a team that along with Charleston and Hofstra uh, looks like a, that top tier of the Colonial is very, very good. Let's give a shout-out to Navy as well, handling Mount St. Mary's uh, on Saturday morning, beat them by 16 to improve to five and one and so the mids at this point they have the loss to Coppin State uh, but they've won all four of their home games Uh, they've done some good work to this point and so now they're basically on the road for pretty much all of December except for one game against Washington College we'll see how they handle that there's some interesting games they go to Lipscomb uh, this week they go to West Virginia and Towson the following week they go to VCU and then to Boston U to open league play uh, so that's a couple teams that at, that at this point uh, warrant to mention locally speaking. Uh, I should mention Mount St. Mary's being able to pick off a couple games on its West Coast swing before that loss to Navy, beating both Cal Poly and Pacific. So they're three and four, and their opener in their new conference, the Metro Atlantic, comes up Thursday night up at St. Peter's in New Jersey. Okay, I, I, is the Metro Metro Atlantic's playing on Thursday nights now? That's not a Friday night league any longer. No, it's usually it's usually it's usually Friday. Okay, but right. I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what it is at this time of year. They're just simply wedging this in Thursday Saturday, or maybe it was that Mount had. I haven't looked at it too closely, but uh, it could be a deal. Yeah, it looks like there's some other Friday Sunday games. It's possible Mount had some games okay. already locked in. Got it. Like they play American on Tuesday, and so it might have just been. Want to well, separate a little? Bump it back a day. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. Makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you brought them up already. I would think the big national. I know there's a ton of national stories because there are so many events going on. But 
it's not just that Purdue beat Gonzaga and Duke out in Portland. They whipped their asses out there in Portland over the weekend. Um, to me, that's got to stand out among the biggest national stories in college basketball. It is right up there. And, you know, I think uh, it's funny. When, when Purdue was really good early last season and everybody's sitting there fretting about, well, you know, they're, they're, yeah, their offense is good, but what's going to happen when the, you know, with their defense? And, and that was something that followed them throughout the season. There's no question. Uh, but even though they graduated some guys last year, even though Travion Williams is gone, even though Jaden Ivey has gone, guess what? Their offense is still really good. And when you look at what Purdue has been able to do here over really the last five or six years, I mean, it's pretty remarkable that in, in the last five full seasons, they've ranked in the top five in adjusted offensive efficiency three times. So, you know, that, that transcends who the, who the actual players are at a given moment. It means that you've got a really good system yeah. and a coach that's really good at finding pieces that fit into it. So, you know, their setup actually, you know, I think, I think that's a team that could very easily take an undefeated record into the new year. Think about this. They've got at Florida State, who's a complete mess right now, Minnesota, a, a feisty Hoster team at Nebraska, Davidson on a neutral court, and then in Indianapolis, and then New Orleans and Florida A and M, and that's their schedule. Yeah, it prior. pretty likely. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think that we're going to be we're, we're it's we should get used to talking about them as a top five to top ten team here at least for another month or so. And, and even when you look at the start of their conference schedule, Rutgers at home, which not easy, but it's 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 in you know it's in West Lafayette at Ohio State, a good team, Penn State. Uh, in a game that's going to be played at the Palestra, and then Nebraska at home to face them a second time. I mean, there's a real chance that that might just be the last undefeated standing when, when all is said and done. I remember thinking a year ago that, like, just looking at Zach Eady, I'm like, nobody's what? That's an alien that I'm looking at. Like, nobody looks like that dude, and somehow he seems like he's even better this season. Yeah, uh, the, the the numbers would certainly suggest that at this yeah. point, wouldn't they? It's unbelievable. So, you know, when you ha- when you're seven foot four and two hundred ninety five pounds, I-, I mean, you start when you when you've got those dimensions, like you're you're. Sh- I'm not comparing him to like a Ralph Sampson, but right. when you start thinking about seven foot four guys that can do a lot of different things, that's one of the first names that comes to mind. Yeah. So he's obviously he's obviously having himself quite the start to the season, but it's not like he's the only guy that they've got. You know, Fletcher Lawyer has had some fine games so far for them. Uh, you, you kind of look around like the freshman class. Braden Smith has played a pretty big role for them too. So a lot to like, and you know, kind of looking at this, uh, that these freshmen are probably going to get better as the season goes along, or at least you would hope. And so, you know, the, I guess the question there is: Is there a wall, or do they just keep on chugging along nicely? But regardless, uh, you know, it's going to be a great home court advantage that they'll have all season. Uh, and you know already with those victories over Gonzaga and Duke, like you mentioned, and also you know West Virginia and Marquette are pretty good victories too, uh, have the potential to hold up. They're already chugging along towards yet another tournament berth under Matt Painter out there in West Lafayette. Uh, do you want to use this time to share some of your fondest memories of the ACC Big Ten Challenge as it, it, the sad trumpet plays and it meets its untimely death? So so we're, we are going now to discuss how how the big news is that TV has replaced two different. I saw your. TV I did see your. T- one yeah, I saw your tweet yesterday. That's about. That's a, and 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 I think it feels like most people are assuming 
they're, it's going to be like they're just going to flip flop and, and Fox will end up running a, a, a Big Ten, Big 12 thing in the future. Quite possibly. Um, I, I, I think that when you kind of size it up, uh, I'm trying to think here. Well, I, I can think of a few things that probably aren't the things that come to mind, like Michigan State and Virginia playing a half in Richmond early in the history of the challenge and then having like the roof leaking or condensation on the floor. And oh, the I game forgot about out. that. I okay, that, that, that's, that. One, that's, that's one that comes to mind. Um, I, I don't think we really need to revisit all the number of times that, say, Virginia played Wisconsin. I feel like that happened uh, five or six times over the course of the years. Uh, I'm trying to think of a few other of those uh, matchups that it felt like. How many, how many Michigan State Dukes did we have yeah, over the years? It feels like, and how many like Florida State Minnesotas? I think we had a bunch of those, too. In the early years of the town, by the way, when I, neither team was any good. Do I remember, and the reason why I remember this is very random, do I remember that Maryland's first ever Big Ten ACC Challenge game was in Baltimore with... It was against Iowa. And, and, against Iowa. And Juan, why do I feel like there was a story about Juan Dixon's jersey from that game? Like, I... I, I do. Hmm. I'm gonna have to. Let's go to the videotape on that. Yeah, I'm gonna go have to. I'm gonna have to go back and dive in on that. I feel like Juan and I ended up talking about it somewhere along the line because someone brought something for him to sign somewhere, and he knew exactly what game it was from. Is there? A, mm, I, Patrick, I might be talking completely out of. I feel like there might have been a moment like that he had to wear the number five in that game because there was an issue with a jersey. Now I this I is, feel like he did have I feel like he did wear number five for a moment. I uh, I don't remember if it was that game. Yeah, I I don't I maybe I'm maybe I'm putting two memories together. I have certainly done that. I just feel like this is a conversation that came up when I did an event with Juan Dixon down the road because someone had a poster they wanted signed and he was like, "Dude, I remember everything about that." You know, and he laid it all out in front of me, and I was like, "Wow, that is really amazing that you remember that so well." But. I don't know. I could be misremembering things, but yeah, the uh, the first ever Maryland Big Ten ACC Challenge game in Baltimore, uh, years upon years ago. All right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name all of the MLB teams this particular player has played for? Speaking of ones, my first one up, a uh, little bit trickier, but uh, it was interesting because I realized how quickly I could name three of these teams. I couldn't name the fourth. Only a one-time All-Star, but a two-time World Series winner. Juan Guzman is our first name this huh. week. Four teams. All right. So, so Juan Guzman was obviously a Toronto Blue Jay, of course, and a Baltimore Oriole, of course. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure he was in Tampa Bay too. He was. Right? So that was the one I didn't remember. The third one I remember only because I remembered exactly him why he left Baltimore. Huh. Um. Now that I don't remember. So. So he left Baltimore, what, in, like, 99, was it? Yes, that would have been uh, after the Orioles did not, like, they, they remember this was like the, they were trying again with Will Clark and Delino DeShields, yeah, and, like, and, they, mm-hmm. they thought they could put something together, and it wasn't very good. They realized it wasn't very good, so they dealt a few players at the deadline that year. Did he end up in St. Louis that oh, year? No, it wasn't. You're so close, though. You're so close. Uh, he was he was shipped to Cincinnati in exchange for okay. B.J. Ryan. I remember it well for, for, oh, for okay. reasons I don't know how to explain. But, yes, uh, he ended up in Cincinnati in the B.J. Ryan swap, so that was the fourth. Uh, all right, so hmm, we can go either way on this one. How about uh, we'll stay of local interest. How about the four teams for Mark Teixeira? Mark Teixeira. 
was a Ranger. Of course. And he was a Atlanta Brave. Yes, he was. And he was a Yankee at the end. Obviously, that's that's the one that burns oh, I'm everyone. Missing, I'm missing somebody. In, I'm missing like a, a like trade a trade dead, deadline. Right? Yep, he was a trade was deadline. He, was he was he an Angel? That's there? the one. Four for four. Nicely okay. done. I had forgotten that Mark Teixeira was an Angel. I had completely forgotten about that. Uh, I'm imagining a busy schedule this week. Where are you headed? Uh, head to American University tonight to see the Eagles, who come, had a nice victory over Georgetown last That's right. week. First time that they beat Georgetown in 40 years. So big time, time fun times in, in Kenley Yeah, Town. yeah. UNBC, UNBC not quite able to follow that up with a win over not Georgetown. Not quite able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, GW has South Carolina and the number one freshman in the country, Gigi Jackson, in town on Wednesday. Maryland and Illinois comes come Friday. And then on Saturday, I'll be over at George Mason which is taking on one of the top teams in the Mid-American Conference, Toledo. Uh, so that's a, that's going to be an interesting uh, mid-major game over there. Certainly had some choices on, on Saturday. Uh, you have uh, Mount St. Mary's playing its first conference home game in its new league against Ryder at 4 o'clock up in Emmitsburg. And that certainly had some appeal in, in Georgetown's home too. But that's kind of how the, the week stacks up. And then, of course, uh, it'll be uh, – bowl season here but just before we know it here uh maryland getting its bowl bid announced come sunday afternoon uh, and patrick of course has traveled to all of the exotic locations over the years including boise idaho for maryland bowl games i think that's actually the last one i've done that's out of town oh yeah the military bowl obviously makes sense yeah but um, mm-hmm. uh, it could be a super imagine if it was detroit how could you possibly pass up on a trip to detroit in a late Day after Christmas, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you want to be there? All right, at Discourse D One S Course Washington Post. As always, Patrick Stevens, appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk again next Tuesday. All right. Awesome, Glenn. You take care. It's Patrick Stevens joining us here on GCR. Appreciate him as always. I got to dive into that Juan Dixon story. See if I'm right about it. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Comfort Classic Winter Seasonal Menu is available right now. It features the Twisted Ribs and Wings Combo, the Winter Spinach Salad, the Citrus Salmon, the Mac and Cheese Bites. For dessert, let's all say it together. Oh, my God. That is so good. good. Pair it with a Blood Orange (laughs) Bourbon Cider. Devil's Backbone Cranberry Smash. It's all wonderful. I mean it. It's not just Griffin doing that for shtick. It's... He really likes the bourbon butter cake that I much. Do. I do. I really do. I believe he's had. Uh, he's had to. Never mind. I was gonna make a. I was gonna make a wet dream joke about that, but it. It feels inappropriate. It's not a joke. It's true. It's okay, true. there we go. Now Griffin said it. It's fine. <laughs> Certain things. We were uh, we're shooting some video down at uh, <laughs> the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel yesterday, and I made a joke, and then I was like, all right, we might have to cut that. And Griffin was like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. We can leave it in. I said, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, glorydaysgrill.com is the website get your order in how about a tidbit tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer buyatoyota.com the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today all right, kind of in the same vein as uh, yesterday's, where it's a very kind of hand-picked uh, stat, but it has to do with the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey uh, now has the most receiving yards in a tight end's first 11 seasons in NFL history. All right. Um, Kelsey is also in his – but he's only in his 10th that's, season. It's not that surprising. It's not that surprising, you know? but it is It is only his 10th season, and he did not catch a pass as a rookie. So 
Okay, that, uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's kind of remarkable. Uh, so, can you name? Uh, let's see. How, how many would I like you to name here uh, after? Um, after Travis Kelsey, one, two, three, four, five, six. You should be able to get the next six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, let's do not. Let's do the next nine. So you can round. Tell me the top ten uh, for for and most receiving yards in, in their the first, first 11, eleven seasons by tight ends. I mean, Gronk didn't get to eleven seasons, but I still think he's on the list. You would be correct. He had <laughs> nine nine thousand three. How many years did he actually play? Maybe he did because he came back at the end. Maybe he, maybe he ultimately got to eleven. It was just to finish out this stat. Just to make just sure that he qualified for the stat uh, because the two years in Tampa. Did they get him to eleven seasons? Because he eleven exactly eleven exactly eleven. Does yes. that include the year he was hurt though? Um, yeah, because it's all the years that. He yeah, was. so I don't think he yeah. actually played so, eleven seasons. Like I think he played. I mean, obviously he was hurt a couple of times, but didn't he? Mi- he missed. An he entire missed. He missed half a season twice, and then didn't he miss an entire season at one point? Eighteen, seventeen, sixteen. 15, 15. No, all right. No, yeah, it looks like he didn't okay. miss an right. entire. Right. I don't when he had his bionic arm. He, oh my he god, he didn't play in nineteen. but that was because he was retired. Right, that yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, he is on the list. He is uh, on the list. Shannon Sharp. Yes, Shannon Sharp is sixth. Uh, Gronk was fourth, for what it's worth. Uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten is third. Nine point eight thousand yards. How about Antonio Gates? Antonio Gates is uh, between Gronk and Shannon Sharp fifth. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. He is second. That is who. Uh, that is who Kelsey uh, passed, surpassed this past week. Greg Olson. Greg Olson is. He is on the list. He is seventh. Yes, yeah, seventh. No, eighth. Okay, it's on the list. He's though. on the list, though. It's the important part. Seven thousand five hundred fifty-six. It gets yards. trickier from there mm-hmm. because then you're comparing like older tight ends that weren't as productive, but you, did they do enough to make the list? Like, say, an Ozzie Newsome. And Ozzie Newsome did do enough. He yeah. is on the list right behind Greg Olson. I'll throw Jackie Smith out there again. He would be right outside the top ten. He is okay. 11th. Okay. I mean, this is the, this is the issue. Uh, so I've got one, two, three, four. There's two more. Correct. There's two more. One active. One uh, recently retired. Is George Kittle already there? George Kittle's not there. So one active that's played eleven seasons, or that's played en- that's played enough to make the list. Do they have to have played eleven seasons uh, to make the list? Is my I guess question. not necessarily, but I think they both have. Let me double check here. Someone who's active, an active tight end who's played eleven seasons in order to be able to make the list. Huh. Huh. Oh, Jimmy Graham. Is no, he still active? Yes, it is Jimmy Graham. He's not still active. But, oh, okay, but he's but the other one? He is, the, he is so one the, of them. The one that's There's still one more. Actually, he has not played 11 seasons. He's not played 11 seasons. He but he's played his... more than, say, Mark Andrews has. Mm, yes, he has. Hey. He's in his 10th season. He's in his 10th season. Oh, man. Um, God. Tenth uh, season. He is number ten on this list. Number so ten on the list. Seven thousand two hundred forty-seven yards. Seven thousand two hundred forty-seven yards. Meaning he must be. I really don't know. That's the difficult part. Like Dalton Schultz hasn't been in the league for ten years. Mm-mm. Who's been in the league for ten years? He spent uh, Tyler Eifert. Is not Tyler. Eichel. Kyle Rudolph. Is not Kyle Rudolph. Spent most of his career in one say place. Say those are good guesses. I like it when you say those are good guesses. Well, they're okay guesses. Shut up, <laughs> jerk. He spent most of it. He spent the first 
eight years of his career uh, in one place. First eight years of his career. And was traded last year. He was traded last year. Most was traded last year. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Oh, this is scared to say. Zach Ertz. <laughs> well, then why, what, you, why would you be afraid of that I'm going to shock you or something? Like that you uh, got to go to the gulag? I thought he'd be like. You guessed incorrectly? What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I, I was terrified. Guess. I thought you were going to <laughs> slap me upside the face Will Smith style I if I, I guessed incorrectly. I just guessed. What did I I, Griffin thought I had two bad guesses. Say Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph was in the same place for a long time. Uh, yeah. He's been in the league for a while, and he's been productive. Shut up. That's a good guess. I thought I was going to say something, and you'd be like, Mikey, he was drafted in like 2018 or what, something Zach like Ertz? that. Zach Hurts? Well, I don't know. He's been around for a long time. Was that your guess? Yeah. I bet you feel stupid that you didn't. Now you're li- now people might think you're lying. Lost out on They might points. think this is a stolen valor yeah, situation. Yeah, I would have said that no matter what. They think, no matter what the tether. They, they think that you might be trying to steal some valor here. All right, uh, Tidbit was also brought to you today by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic grill or tailgate for grilling, smoking, baking, searing, all kinds of food. Save $100 when you use the code tailgate at ginsugrills.com and come see the Ginsu Kamado Grill in action this Sunday at the Ravens game or the game day firehouse ahead of the Ravens game, 1202 Ridgely Street, the Firefighters Union Hall. You can register to win your own. Ginsu Kamado Grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. Tubular is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, which is where you find the offers for mobile sports betting. Crazy thought. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Um, not only do you get the best deals, sign-up incentives, things along those lines, but you're also helping us out a little bit. We get a small commission from it. Helps us you know, feed our families. We don't, we're, we're fine. We're not falling apart here or anything like that, but it's a win-win, so please, if you don't mind... Uh, if you're going to be doing it anyway, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Check that out. Okay, now, as far as what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise, as we mentioned earlier, Maryland, Louisville in the Big Ten ACC Challenge or ACC Big Ten Challenge, however you want to say it, 7 o'clock on ESPN2, followed by Georgia Tech and Iowa at 9. Morgan's at home tonight against Virginia University of Lynchburg at 6 o'clock. On, uh, they're streaming it on their website. Obviously, the big one today. Do we have finals yet from the first two? I know Senegal was up on Ecuador. Netherlands they... definitely is going to win. Yes, yeah, Senegal. They're in the 90th minute. Senegal is up two to one. So if those, what, what's the Netherlands situation? They were. I know they were. Netherlands one, is in, I believe. But like, what's this? They had to win. In order or they to, did have to win. Yeah, they yeah. did have to win, but they were up one nil when I looked last. They're up two nil. They're up two nil. 93rd so minute. Netherlands is going to be on if the score holds. Senegal would move on as well with the Netherlands to the uh, knockout round. Uh, later on today, on Fox, of course, Iran and the U.S. at 2 o'clock, and then on FS1, Wales and England at 2 o'clock. All the rest of the college hoops find at glennclarkradio.com. NBC Sports Washington for Capitals, Canucks at 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Islanders Flyers at 7.30. TNT, Warriors Mavericks at 7.30. Clippers Blazers at 10. The USA Network for WWE NXT at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, let's see. They're showing Rudolph on CBS at 8, and then uh, a new Christmas special uh, called Reindeer in Here, yeah, where uh, Adam Devine is voices a reindeer. Good. I'll watch Rudolph. Well, I, can't, just I can't do it tonight because obviously I'll be with Tyus Bowser just keep and Marcus the Williams. On. We'll just keep CBS on and you can check yeah, out Reindeer. Um, let's see. Love Actually is doing a 20 years later uh, ABC News special for some reason. What? Yeah. 
Like, okay. there's like an ABC News special. Is it just going to be people holding up signs outside of windows? Like, uh, to me, you are perfect. <laughs> is it just going to be that? We'll have to find out. That has certainly become On iconic. ABC there's no question tonight. about that. Uh, Planet Sex with uh, Cara Delevingne uh, is a oh. new Hulu series oh. where she's just kind of exploring, uh, <laughs> going around the world, talking to I mean, people about if the... I'm being uh, honest, the setup is... What they're into. Planet Sex with Cara Delevingne. That, I, you've, you've sold me so <laughs> far. Glenn, guess what comes out on uh, Thursday? Violent Night. You think I don't know that? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it though, because we were supposed to, we were supposed to go see an advanced screening of it. They moved it to tonight, and I can't go because I'm going to be with Tyus Bowser and Marcus Williams, where you guys should be. However, if one of you, if you would like passes, first of all, shame on you for not joining us with Tyus Bowser's show. But if you would like passes to an advanced screening of uh, Violent Night tonight at Arundel Mills, get in, make your twenty-five dollar donation to the Helping Up Mission, and let me know. And not only will you get in on the raffle, but I'll throw in a pair of passes to tonight to see Violent Night at uh, at Arundel Mills for an advanced screening. I will be going for sure on Thursday. That will be happening. It just keeps getting better and better every time I watch the trailer. I'm like, God damn it! This looks like the greatest movie I know, of all I've time. I've just been seeing the trailer more and more, oh, I'm like so, on everything. I'm so angry that I can't go tonight. I'm so beside myself, pissed off about it. Anyway, anything else? Quickly. Uh, the highlights will be up. Right, Those good. are the highlights. Red thanks thanks today to Patrick Stevens. Thanks also to Joe Serpico as well as to Desmond Armstrong. We get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Art. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, we're going to make a controversial path tomorrow as far as our celebration of the 10th anniversary of the Ravens' Super Bowl 47 win. By far the most controversial member of the team. Well, I don't know, maybe, that, maybe I, a different type of controversial. Controversial amongst Ravens fans. We are going to choose to have Bernard Pollard on the show tomorrow. I know you guys don't like Bernard Pollard any longer. I know you get pissed off about Bernard Pollard, but he was on the team. And so we're going to talk to him tomorrow. And we'll, you know, we've had him on before. We'll talk about all of it. Bernard Pollard joins us tomorrow. Gus Johnson is going to join us tomorrow. And I don't even know what we're talking about, but I don't care because it's Gus Johnson. So I'm in, right? Anytime I get a chance to chat with Gus Johnson, yes is the answer. We'll get you segment number one of the Tyus Bowser show with uh, Marcus Williams and stuff and things tomorrow on the program. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including uh, the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, the Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Problem Gambling, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, the uh, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Micah at Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We gotta boost that TikTok number. We gotta chase again this week. We gotta, we gotta come up with a strategy for that, Micah. We gotta get that number up. We're doing br- brilliant content. Brilliant gold, Jerry Gold. All right. Um, have a great Tuesday night. Go Terps. Go Morgan. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Uh, we will be right back with simply the bets. That's next.
And welcome into Simply the Bets. Glenn and Griffin with you. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to head into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where our guy Leon Twyman will be standing by. I believe a little bit later on this week, you're going to be seeing some video that Griffin and I shot yesterday down at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, sort of laying out uh, the uh, the future of the future, laying out a future, a little side bet we might be making. We got ourselves into a bit of uh, hot water that uh, required some cold water during our trip to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Follow them on social, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, and you'll be finding out more about it. I believe we're going to start uh, telling you more about it later on this week. So had a good time down there yesterday hanging out with that crew. We kick things off this week as we typically do, but... This time from Parts Unknown. I'm not sure where this man is joining us from because he's no longer with his previous employer. I am to understand he has a new employer. I'm hoping it's as an executive producer of that 90s show, which is coming to Netflix in January because I'm very nervous about it. There's a trailer out today. We're going to find out right now. Where is Aaron Oster coming us to us from? Aaron Oster, good morning, sir. Where in the world is Aaron Oster? Well, first off, you're dropping news. I had not heard about. Uh, I'm sorry, Griffin did the thing where he hit the button where he shouldn't have hit the button. I'm like, hang on a second, let me, let me, let me, let me get Aaron straightened away, straightened away. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. Yeah. Okay. Let's try one more time. Aaron, do you hear everything? Okay. Ah, nope, nope. We got to try one more time to fix it. This is not on you, Aaron. I promise. It's on us. We have a cord problem that we're dealing with, and uh, we're also working on a couple of other things, but. We have a third problem where this has always exists. There's this like the the board. Uh, you know, I'm I'm being too explicit. Aaron, are you there? I think so. Okay, maybe. Thank you. Third time's a charm. You didn't know they were doing that '90s show. It was a big story. No, I knew they were doing it. Okay. No, no, no. I I knew they were doing it. I just didn't know that they had dropped a trailer. Yes, they've dropped a trailer, but it doesn't give much away. It's got like a it's got music playing in the background, right? Like so, it's not. You don't learn a ton. From the trailer, okay, but you know, Red's back and Kitty's back, so that's kind of all that matters to me. Well, I, I knew honest. that, and I knew it, it's like it's it's uh, it's Eric's son, right? Or I, daughter. I believe that's whatever. the story. Kid. Yes, I believe yeah. that's the story. Yeah. All right, that's not what you're doing, however. You have a new job. No. Tell us about it. Yes, I am the uh, new media relations and marketing manager over at Circus Sports. I worked in the Circa building out here in Vegas. For the past two years, and I'm moving upstairs now, moving from Decent, working for Cir- Circus Sports and the Circus Sports uh, Sportsbook. Well, that's excellent. So, what does that mean? What is that? How do I stand to benefit from this? Is the real question, Aaron? Well, clearly, uh, I have the ability to comp alcohol now. Ooh, well, that is good news. Except I don't really drink any longer, <laughs> yeah. so that's not really all that. <laughs> well, helpful. you know, <laughs> yeah, not really all that <laughs> helpful. So what you're telling me is that this doesn't really impact me in much of any way whatsoever. Yeah, not really. Thanks for being a not selfish either. jerk. Thanks for worrying that's about right. you and your family. God, what the hell is that all about? Congratulations, pal. It sounds it sounds wonderful. 
but you'll still be joining us every Tuesday in order to uh, offer us uh, the five L's of sports betting, correct? Absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, that's all that matters. Is do you want to? We'll get to the the plugs for Circus Sports uh, coming up a little bit later on, as we typically do. Aaron, a week ago, pretty good. Like uh, like Aaron, I did play the under in the Ravens Jaguars game. I mean, come on. <laughs> that was crushing. In the third quarter, I was chatting with my producer over at 105.7 The Fan, and he's like, how you doing today? I'm like, dude, I'm looking great. I had, uh, as always, the Ravens scoring first and winning outright. I had Lamar Jackson rushing over 40 yards and the Ravens winning. I had the under and the Ravens winning outright. I had about six different plays that were all looking swell for me in the third quarter. Even <laughs> into the fourth quarter, I was still feeling good. Yeah. Taking a couple days off. Yeah. Taking a couple of days off after what was a rough Sunday for your friend, Glenn. Anyway, um, you did have a couple other things that went well. I was nervous about Justin Jefferson, but you were 100% right. Heck of a long mm-hmm. shot bet. Alternate number of 125-plus yards. He finishes with 139. That hit at plus 880. That would be a really nice payoff on a $10 or $20 bet if you had played it. Uh, and your love, Kansas State covering the 11.5 over Kansas. I also played that on Saturday night as well, but it didn't make up for a few parlays that I had played earlier in the day where Clemson and LSU both cost me significantly. Ooh. So, Ooh. okay. Yeah, I mean, it saved, it saved me a yeah. little bit of face on Saturday night, but not all. I, Thanksgiving, I, if you would talk to me Friday morning, ah! The mobile sport betting is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Saturday and Sunday, eh, <laughs> not so much. Uh, other good news That's for okay. other good news for Aaron. Officially, Utah finishes over eight and a half wins. He had played that one back in June, and Air Force also officially finishes over eight and a half wins. He had played that back in August. Now. A couple other ones uh, that are uh, at stake this week. He told you not to bet Clemson to win the ACC and not to bet Georgia to win the SEC. Mm, mm. Not feeling good about it's that. Not Georgia so one. great. <laughs> not so great. However, you also had uh, Kansas State as a plus 1,400 long shot uh, to win the Big 12. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could, and it would be very good. And then, I mean, uh, they're under a field. They're under a field goal underdog. So. But, but but TCU was also like undervalued last week. Is TCU's been undervalued the yeah. last couple of weeks? Like there right. is a serious disrespect that's been shown to TCU. And I don't know. I mean, Kansas State could beat TCU, but it's just sort of weird. Like there has been a real disrespect on, in lines when it comes to TCU. Yeah. Um, and then you also had UCF uh, winning the American. So thank thankfully to you, you still get a crack there. And maybe with Willie Fritz slated to leave Tulane. That will um, make them not be as inspired in the AAC championship game against UCF. So we will see. Now, now let's get into it. Five L's for this week. We begin locally. What you got? Uh, I'm not playing the Ravens game. I hate everything about that game this week. Um, against the Broncos, Ravens are minus eight and a half, under 38 and a half. Uh, those lines feel kind of right on. I could see that going either direction on the spread if you gunned my head i'd take the under but 38 and a half is so low i don't particularly love that so i'm off of the ravens this week uh however maryland basketball plays tonight that is true against a very bad louisville team a very bad louisville team they're zero and six they've lost at home to bellerman right state and app state and they lost on neutral courts by 26 to arkansas 32 to texas tech and 19 to cincinnati as you said 
this team is bad. Maryland is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, and one of the things I love about uh, the potential about Maryland this season is Willard's attitude towards the end of the game. After one of his early wins, Willard kind of w- took the podium, and he was like, that sucked at the end of the game. We were up by 25, we only won by 18, and that's going to hurt our Ken Palm numbers. The fact that he's thinking about that, the fact that he's not going to go easy at the end of the game, makes me more inclined to lay numbers with uh, coaches like that. And that's something you have to do in college basketball, just know how they play the end of the game when they're laying a big number. So I'm a, as opposed to some other coaches, I'm a little bit more inclined to lay a 12-and-a-half. And by the way, it's worth noting, Willard, he's a former Louisville assistant. He was a candidate for this job at one point. I don't think he's planning on going in and taking this easy. The only thing that even has me a little bit hesitant is that this is a kind of a kitchen sink game for Louisville. Um, but I just think Maryland's better. I have no problem laying the 12 and a half. So it's going to be Maryland minus 12 and a half. Um, I don't, I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. I, you know, this is the first true, true road game for Maryland. And for as bad yep. as Louisville is, that's still a really good college basketball market. I expect there still to be a crowd down there. They were on board with the hiring of Kenny Payne. It was the guy that they wanted. And there's just, frankly, not a lot of other things to do um, in Louisville. Sure. So I still think there's going to be a tough atmosphere despite how bad they are. That's the one thing, like, I I, I am yes. I'm a little still apprehensive about this. This isn't like going to Miami, right, where, like, nobody would show up for a bad team. This is still a place where they care desperately about college basketball. So, I, But I am inclined to agree with you, and I think your point about um, how Kevin Willard approaches the end of games is relevant. Also, you know, they're not all that deep to begin with. There's not that many players for him to turn to at the end of games. So uh, I am, I'm with you on that. All right, next, give me something, give me a futures bet, something long-term that you like. You know, now that I look at my 5Ls, I realize this is an entirely college-based uh, 5L this week. We're sticking with college basketball, and I'm looking at the Wooden Award market, actually. And right now, you can find uh, Purdue's Zach Eady to win the Wooden Award at 11 to what 1. What a monster. What a monster. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know, if the award was given out today, he'd win it hands down. Not even a question. Top 10s in points per game at 21.7. Fourth in rebounds with 12 rebounds per game. And he's doing it against top competition, too, as he led the Boilermakers to wins over Duke and Gonzaga. Obviously, it's early. But Purdue suddenly looks like quite possibly the best team in the Big Ten. Eady leading the way with him just he's going to compile numbers all season long even if Purdue takes a slight step back people are going to remember those two games and he's going to be right at the top so at 11 to 1 which by the way I believe is the best number you can find at any sports book around uh I really like that play so Zach Eady win the win the award I, I, don't know, at 11 I, to 1. I can't find it on FanDuel I don't know where 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 did you find it uh, let me pull it up. I believe it was Player Futures. Let player me see. Futures. Sorry, I can't find Player Futures. That's driving me crazy. It was there last. Because I like uh, it. Yeah. So I'm, I, play, yeah. Player Award, NCAA Basketball Player Awards. And actually, oh boy, it moved overnight considerably. Ooh. But um, yeah, that that's a tough one. What is it? I, I admit, what, it what is it, now? It, it? He moved to the favorite at uh, plus seven hundred. All right. I mean, still, which, uh, still little, plus seven hundred. But but last night it was 11-1, and I got real excited. All right. I believe you. I don't know why I can't find it, but I'm going to choose to believe you. Plus 700 for Zach Eady, who's just – he does not – He I, I remember watching him last year, and I said this to Patrick Stevens earlier. I said he just – he didn't look human to me. Like, what what in the world are you supposed to do about that if you're an opposing yeah. team? And somehow he appears to be better this season. I mean, it's it's nuts how well he's playing, so I, I do like that. All right, give me a, a long shot. Give me your underdog play for the week. 
This is a big long shot. It's one that, you know, and, and I'll just say it, it's in the Heisman Award, and Caleb Williams is there. He's the prohibitive favorite right now. But I do wonder if he's too much of a prohibitive favorite. My question basically revolves around this. If USC loses the Pac-12 championship, which they are just a very slight favorite over Utah, USC doesn't make this college football playoff. Does Caleb Williams still win the Heisman? Uh, I, yes. It's, 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 <laughs> I do. I, yes. I, 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 think, I think probably. Here's, here's, here's my scenario. Okay, Caleb Will- USC loses. TCU wins. Max Duggan has a big game. The problem is the mo- the, most of the country doesn't know who Max Duggan is. Like Most of the country doesn't. But the Heisman, I think the Heisman voters do because I, especially I, if USC hmm. doesn't make the college football playoff, I do wonder if there's a hesitation to put him in. I, We've seen that before where, where there's been a prohibited favorite going into, going into the, uh, the conference championship week. That team loses, and they look for a reason to vote for somebody else, whether or not they do. Here's the thing. Max Duggan, and again, this is a long shot here. He's 20-1 to to win the Heisman. I agree it's a long shot. I agree every reason why Caleb Williams probably is going to win this. But if you're looking for a long shot play, when you're talking about USC being only just a slight favorite, TCU being a slight favorite as well, I just don't know if it should be 20-1 to for Duggan to win it and might be worth just a little bit of a sprinkle on there. Yeah, I, we you and I are going to separate on this one, man. Like I love, uh, I got, love a good long shot, but I, I think, I actually think this is insane. Like I think this is the way of saying that th- these numbers kind of prove your theory. If Caleb Williams, if USC loses, Caleb Williams is winning the Heisman because there's just not another Max Duggan isn't even necessarily the guy for TCU. Like there isn't another good candidate. I mean, at he, this he, point. Is, he is the second, he is the second favorite. Like, I understand every, every, every article is saying if not Caleb Williams, then who, and the who is generally Max Duggan. But that's, I, I think you're one overestimate. I know, like I know Heisman voters. They are not people that are inclined to be watching every game every week. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Keandre Miller is more qualified from TCU than Max Duggan is, frankly. Like, I, dude, I. But as, but as, I get by it. The way, I understand. They're not, watching, they're not watching every game. Max Duggan leads TCU to an undefeated I, season. I, I understand. Yeah. I just don't. I don't see it. I think the answer yeah. is Caleb Williams, no matter what happens yeah. on Saturday. It's a very long shot. You're right about that. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's continue. Uh, Aaron Oster is with us from Circus Sports. Uh, how about uh, something that you say, do not bet this? This is a loser. Um, back to college basketball here. I think the hype has gotten a little bit out of control on Texas. Texas right now is the second favorite to win the national championship at 12 to one. I understand why I think I might've mentioned it on an earlier show, that the metrics love Texas coming into the season and then their win over Gonzaga has solidified that thought, but the love has gotten a little bit out of control in the odds market. They're the second favorite right now. And even if you like Texas, I just think 12 to 1 is going to end up being a bad number. They have some tough non conference games coming up against Creighton and Illinois. They will drop a game probably sometime shortly. And if not, you know, Big 12 is a tough road. They'll take a couple lumps. Their number will drop. I, I, I think this is just a terrible bet right now. Uh, even if you do happen to like Texas, and there's a lot to like about them, to be fair. But at 12 to 1, I'm not making this bet at all. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I, I, I think it's way too early. It's so, it's so early in the season. There's so much still to learn. I'm, I get it. Uh, and yep. then give me the one that you say, yes, but this one you must make. Give me the bet that you love this week. 
going back to uh, college football, and I don't normally like laying over two touchdowns in any game, but Michigan's laying just 16 and a half against Purdue. This is an exception. This game, I think, is a total mismatch. I think this true line should be closer to three touchdowns and the neutral field nature simply lowering this. But even though the game's in Indiana, I fully expect the stadium to be full of maize and blue. Yeah, I think it's going to be a home field advantage for Michigan, and I'm treating it as such. So I have no problem laying 16 and a half with Michigan. Yeah, I mean, somebody would say, hey, remember they struggled against Maryland, right? Like somebody might bring up that it's not Michigan hasn't rolled past everyone this season but I get it they they've got a job to do although again that is the tricky part about this I don't even know that it matters if they lose right like there it's it's like we talked about there are three teams that are in no matter what this weekend this is the worst championship weekend maybe in the history of college football um and, and this is as I said yesterday proof of why the Big Ten is getting away with divisions because in the future world, they'll just be able to run back Michigan-Ohio State again this week, and I don't know why we'd expect things mm-hmm. to be different, but it would be far more appealing than Michigan-Purdue, which stinks on ice. It is just not yep. worthy of a big game this weekend, So, and, and, and irrelevant, too. Like Purdue could win the Big Ten, and what will it matter? Michigan will still be in the college football playoff, and they'll have And a, Purdue still, yeah, uh, I guess Purdue would go to the Rose Bowl. That would, that, would yes, that would be significant. That would be significant. And I guess, like that, yeah, like I, that, there is still some. I, I does 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 the Rose Bowl have to take the Big Ten champion? Um. Yes. I think okay. The Big All Ten right. champion is I was not say, in the college football playoffs. If they, have if they, if yeah. they had the choice, I'm gonna guess they would go ahead and still choose Ohio State. Oh yeah. No. 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 I think. I think but they, if they have, have to. If the Big Ten yeah. champion. Yeah. yeah exactly. They, they obviously, they'll take Purdue. All right. Very good. At the Aosters, of course, is how you follow them on Twitter. And then what do we need to know about Circa Sports? Look, if you're in Maryland, of course, you go to Maryland Live. You go to this annual sports book here. But if you are in Vegas and you are a sports fan and you want to watch sports and you're going anywhere besides the Circa Resort, you're crazy. It's the biggest sports book in the world, a three-story beautiful sports book with, uh, obviously, the Circa Sports Book itself, which has some of the best lines in Vegas. And then, of course, we also have the world-famous Stadium Swim Six pools, all heated, all open, all year long, with a giant TV showing nothing but sports. If you're a sports fan, you're not coming to Circa. You're doing Vegas wrong. I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, buddy. Congratulations. Happy for you. We will talk again next Tuesday. Thank you, as always, my friends. All right. hope everyone has their bets. It's Aaron Oster from the Circa out in Vegas. Might need to make a uh, field trip out that way. And. Of course, when you got a bod like mine, you got to show it off at uh, the Circus Swim. You got to make sure everybody's able to breathe in all of this. Looking forward to that. All right, when we come back in, we will chat with our buddy Leon Twyman. He is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Life Casino in Hotel, Maryland. Getting ready for a big day, big soccer match. We'll talk about that next. This is Simply the Bets. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today umbc basketball is back at chesapeake employers insurance arena and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals coppin state on november 30th and morgan state on december 10th while the women square off with american on december 18th experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now to come see the retrievers at chesapeake employers insurance arena lock yours in at umbc Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash online and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio and if you miss a show you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts so tune into the bat around with paul valley and zach goodman every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. A couple of things for the World Cup this afternoon. One, USA, minus 105 favorites. Iran, plus 310. The draw sits at plus 240 at the moment. FanDuel is offering a World Cup odds boost. The U.S. to score two or more goals was plus 135, now plus 200 if that interests you. Big day, must win for the U.S. as they take on Iran in the World Cup. Should be a great crowd in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And let's head there right now where our friend, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, Mr. Leon Twyman, is standing by. Leon, good afternoon, sir. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. Good to see you yesterday. 
Yes, for sure. How's it going? Everything is going well. Um, I, I know we've talked about the World Cup a lot. What did it look like Friday afternoon for the USA-England match in the FanDuel Sportsbook? Oh, it was great. Um, you know, we had a – like, whenever USA plays, we always have a big turnout. So we'll have a big turnout today as well. But last week was definitely a pretty good turnout. Yeah, that probably was uh, the, the game of the century of the year or whatever you want to call it. Um, great opportunity for everybody to get out today course, 2 o'clock, uh, if you want to come hang out in the FanDuel Sportsbook and watch the U.S. bet on the U.S. against Iran. Uh, as always, busy, busy, very busy sports weekend. How was it for the book? Uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. Despite mobile taking a lot of uh, retail away, it was still very good for us. What was what were the winners for you guys this weekend? <laughs> Well, yeah, the Ravens. Ravens You're gonna say it. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh man, it was that. That's just depressing for everyone. That's the Ravens oh, fan. FanDuel made a good amount of money off your pal Glenn this weekend <laughs> because of the Ravens. <laughs> About five different scenarios that your friend jumped on, and they were all losers. So it was a good weekend for FanDuel. Not a great weekend for old GC. Not the best weekend that GC has had. I don't know if you saw, but I saw a stat floating around that um, this weekend in the NFL, the three most bet favorites by cash dollars, the three most bet favorites by number of tickets, the three most bet overs, and the three most bet unders of those 12 different scenarios, one of them was a winner this weekend. Wow. One of them proved to be a winner. So, yeah, it seems like it probably would have been a good weekend for the books. Anything that, that stood out to you? Any particular notable bets that jumped out at you from the week? You know, nothing too crazy really stood out. Um, um, we didn't have a lot of large wagers. I believe our largest wager we had was 10000 on Ravens, which obviously lost. Um, but that was, that was the biggest bet we had when it came to NFL. And we did have a lot of people betting USA versus England uh, for USA to win. So we actually ended up winning with that as well, just because obviously it ended with a tie and yeah. everyone's betting the three-way. Um, because if you bet the uh, the draw, no bet, that is just – the juice on that is way too much. So um, we had a lot of people bet the three-way on that. They ended up losing. And then we had a lot of people on Ohio State. Makes sense. I mean, I mean, look, I get it. I I put in a ticket on Ohio State. I thought, you know, the line being as big as it was, it was like, man, they, I know they want you to bet on Michigan, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, again, not everything. I, on Friday, if you and I had talked on Friday, I would have been talking about how I had robbed you blind, how you weren't getting a Christmas bonus this year. I would have been going on a statement cover drive from the Giants against the Cowboys on Thursday. Ah, chef's that kiss. Was, that was just so last minute, too. That drove me crazy. Beautiful. It was beautiful is what it was. But, uh, yeah, but I, they still won, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's all that matters. That, that's, as, a, as a fan, that's all that matters to you. As a man who bet on the Giants, there was only one thing that mattered to me, and that was a brilliant cover drive put together by the Giants in the uh, closing seconds. Uh, on Friday, I was a very happy camper. Today, I'm I'm on my second day off. I'm I'm still licking my wounds, and we'll see when I get back into the. As I say that, it's totally possible I put some action in on the, the soccer match this afternoon. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a tough couple of days. Leon Twyman is with us. He's the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Leon, remind everybody, because we talked about it for a couple of weeks, but now that you've seen it in action, how you guys are able to incorporate mobile betting with the experience. So for everybody who's like, yeah, I mean, I could come out today, but I could just bet from my phone at home now. Why do I come out? Well, it's because of the atmosphere. It's because of what you get today. If the U.S. scores a goal in minute number 24, you're just going to feel something unlike what you could feel anywhere else, plus there's the great food at Sports and Social, and you guys truly have found a way to incorporate incorporate mobile betting with what you're doing there at retail. Yes. So with that, um, patrons are able to come in. They can either withdraw from their mobile app or they can deposit to their mobile app. And, you know, you would think that because mobile does make it a lot more convenient for people to kind of just stay at home, and just upload funds or withdraw funds to their banking account or PayPal or however they choose. We actually get a lot of people that come in. We get a lot of cash at counter transactions. Um, and when everyone comes in, they, they end up hanging out in sports and social because where else are you going to go and watch these events? It's the way you can watch it in sports and social. Um, I was actually just chatting with someone yesterday and he said, you know what? He was like, I will, bet on my mobile because I have won more money on my mobile than trying to wait in line at a kiosk. Sure. But I will set in sports and social and watch it while I'm betting because I'm not going to get this experience anywhere else. Makes all the sense in the world, man. I keep trying to explain it to people. If you've not, for big events in particular, I mean, any event, it's great, but for big events in particular, there is just nothing like the feeling in the sports book of living and dying with everyone else. Somebody said, well, I can go to a bar and do that. Like, no, because you're. it's not... Everybody's not only rooting for something, but they've bet on it now. And so the individual things that everybody is living and dying with in the moment, like the reaction to some odd play because you realize, like, oh, my God, it's a basketball game, and now they're worried about whether or not the spread's going to hit. Like, it's it's electric. Every play of every game uh, means a little bit more when you're hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and I would encourage you, plus the ability to incorporate it with mobile betting, it's really the best of all worlds. Anything that we should know about as far as other offers that are going on, other things that are on the radar? Are you guys uh, are you showing the Tyson Fury fight on Saturday? Yes, we will have the Tyson Fury fight. Okay. Um, so we will have that. But something fun took a little long to get here, but we finally got it in today, and they're putting it up so we can get it ready. Hopefully we can have it ready before 2 o'clock before USA kicks off. But we have RoboKeeper ah, at Maryland Live. Nice. So you can so try. So that finally arrived. <laughs> take your chance at uh, scoring a penalty shot today um, as uh, you're in soccer fever. That's awesome. I love everything about yeah. that. So there's some, there's some promos with that. Okay. So, um, you know, you can take your shot at $5,000. So um, you can sign up on the Maryland Live Casino uh, website and you can sign up to participate in it and everyone who participates get a $25 free bet for any sport but if you can score in that robo keeper um, you have a chance to win $5,000 whoa that is a big deal man you have to be a live rewards member in order to sign up correct you do have to be a live rewards member to All sign right. up for that so make sure you're signed up for live rewards you can do that very easily that's a really cool opportunity for you to win some money and have some fun Trying your hands on RoboKeeper. I wish that would have been there yesterday. I wish Griffin and I are a little <laughs> bit bitter that we didn't get a shot. Might have to wander back down to take a stand. Yes, when I RoboKeeper. actually when I ran into you, I was actually just leaving from that area and uh, 
sending some things out. So, Man. yes, it was it was Man. exciting. All right, very good. Leon Twyman, general manager, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right? All right, thanks. Have a good one. Thanks, buddy. Leon Twyman checking in with us here on Simply the Bets. All right, time for a tidbit of the week. Griffin just sort of compiles some interesting notes from sports betting over the course of the week, puts them all together. Griffin, what do you have for us this week? I uh, had one that I was watching uh, that just uh, that just actually lost because because of uh, the Ecuador-Senegal uh, game. Mm. Uh, they had $1,500 on a six-leg uh, World Cup parlay. Yeah. Um, and uh, it would have paid $366,000. <sighs> Just think about what they could have cashed out for. Um, <laughs> it was a 250 to 1. So they <sighs> had Spain and Germany a draw on Sunday. Cameroon-Serbia draw uh, yesterday. Brazil to beat Switzerland yesterday. And then they had Ecuador and Senegal to draw. Oy. And Senegal obviously won Oy. moments ago. God, and they, could have they also would have needed the U.S. to beat uh, Iran. Mm, um, well. But just think about the number that might have been available for you to hit. Yeah, that, you got to think about it. it. It was, however, they, it was a fifteen hundred dollars free bet, though. So they weren't oh. allowed to cash out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. no cash out on the free yeah, bets. So no That's cash out on the free All right. bets. All right. Yes. Um, someone had a uh, a four legger twenty five dollars and paid out ten k. They had the Chargers to win by one to six. Yeah, that actually was a bet that I made last week where I was like, "Why the hell? I just want to cash out. Why can't?" And I just realized it was because of the free bet. Yeah, <laughs> Bengals to win by one uh one to six. Chiefs to win by thirteen to eighteen. Okay. Eagles by seven to twelve. They all about that. That's quite yeah, random. They all hit. Yes, smart. Um, what draft did it, what, did it, what did it hit for? Uh, it was twenty five dollars. They won. Uh, they won nine point nine and a half. K. 9.5K. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, DraftKings did a promo uh, on uh, Sunday where for every 1 p.m. game to have both uh, teams score a touchdown uh, and a field goal, and it hit. Uh, so if you like put $50 on it, 5K would have been your payout. Um, and then so my friend, uh, obviously everyone's, pl- everyone's gambling now in Maryland, uh, he did the same thing, uh, but he played it to uh, for every single game in the uh, – in the entire Sunday slate. Okay. Um, and uh, so he used a free play on that, and it was 386 to 1. He would have won 10K, uh, but the Saints got shut out. So they did not score mm. a field goal, and mm. both, both a field goal and a touchdown. Mm. Um, FanDuel had a similar one where it wasn't like boost or anything, but it was like a special that they were doing um, every team in the 1 p.m. window to have a passing touchdown, and it was plus, uh, plus 13,000. Um, Who failed? Uh, that would be the Titans because Derrick Henry fumbled That's right. at the one-yard line. That's right, and it was picked up by Traylon Burks. That's right. Yes. Oh, my God. Saved FanDuel a lot of money. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. God, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone hit an all-underdogs parlay in college football on Saturday. This one was ridiculous. It was a 1,500 to 1. Um, they had uh, – so, or, or no, they didn't hit it. Sorry. It was 1,500 to 1. They had $65. Uh, to win 110k, and it was all underdogs. Nebraska plus 310, South Carolina plus 450 over Clemson, West Virginia plus 275, Michigan over Ohio State. Uh, the last leg was Vandy uh, plus 430 against Tennessee. Yeah. Guess what, Glenn? What? They cashed out. Ah, oh, my heroes! What they get? They got 11k. So oh, they what a day! They put 65 dollars. They came, they came out with 11K. that. Feels so much better. It feels like you stole money at that point. <laughs> the smile on Glenn's you face. won. On a losing ticket. <laughs> Do you know how much better that is than winning on a winning ticket? 
You won on a losing ticket. That is magic right there, my friend. Uh, another little, another eighteen leg college football parlay. I don't know how this one's. It was this is eleven hundred, eleven thousand. Excuse me, eleven thousand to one. They put ten dollars and they did win a hundred, a hundred ten k on on eighteen legs of college. Just ran just a games? bunch of yep, just oh, wow. different college, just over unders. They had some couple couple big favorites in there, couple underdogs. Yep. It was uh, don't put 18, Clemson in your parlays. Don't do that. Yeah, eighteen legs, eighteen legs. Wow. Uh, they came out with a hundred ten k. Uh, someone put three dollars on South Carolina to win by one to thirteen points, and then Michigan to win by fourteen plus. It was six hundred forty-four to one, so they won two k off the I three dollar bet. That's an insane bet to make, but good for them. Uh, someone put seven hundred fifty k on Ohio State money line. Oh no! That wouldn't even paid all that. It would have paid two hundred thirty k. Yeah. Like, so they lost seven hundred fifty k. Oh my god. Uh, someone has someone has already placed nine hundred thousand dollars on the USC money line in the Pac-12. Seems, it seems unwise. Minus, minus I mean, like I think they're gonna win, but God, why? Minus like, one thirty. What the, are you doing there? Because the line would pay out seven hundred k if they. And did. I get look. I do <laughs> think that USC should win that game, and so it, the minus one thirty seems like a pretty good number to get it at. But boy, nine hundred. The God damn. Uh, one more cash out. Someone put five dollars on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Uh, how were they able to get cash out on they, that? They cashed out for four cents. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't lose all five dollars. You that's got that correct. going. For yeah, you. that's a winner. That's in my a winner book. right there. Uh, right. And then finally, it's still that uh, that seven leg uh, champions parlay that we talked about already. The France, the guy who needs France to win, ah, right, the World Cup, and yes. he'll win five hundred fifty-seven k. Did you get an update uh, on they're, what? they're on to the round of sixteen, and he it, he's not cashing out. They're like they're, right. they're doing a bunch right, of content right with him on uh, BR betting. His okay. name is Daniel Forte, and he is. Pretty, you know what they say funny. about you know what they say about him. Betting is his, is his forte. Hobby, yes, that's oh, yeah. exactly what they say. It's his <laughs> hobby. He likes doing. It. <laughs> Thank you, Griffin. It was delayed, but uh, you helped me out on that one. It's his I forte. appreciate it. No, it's, it's, hobby, his, it's, it's hobby. his hobby. That's what they say. But you did it exactly what I wanted. <laughs> you you nailed exactly what I wanted you to do there. That's how the joke works. We're gonna get there, you and I, one of these days. <laughs> Somebody said to me, "It seems like maybe things are coming along with Griffin." I'm like, "Yeah." Thanks. In moments, in <laughs> moments, things are coming along with Griffin. We'll get there one of these days. All right. Uh, very good. Thank you, Griffin. Good job on tidbit of the week. Nice. Well, Daniel Forte, they say betting is his hobby. hobby. Oh, I, I screwed it up this time. I said hobby. 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 Yeah. So I, I am supposed to say hobby? No, you're supposed to say, say Forte. It's supposed to be obvious that the joke is. Oh. oh, it's Forte. That's how it works. Like, obviously, I'm trying to get you to say betting is his, and then it's corny, and it's a it's a dad joke. But then I, I, I swerve, and I say it's his hobby, and you're like, oh, right, of course, it's his hobby. All right, you know what? I'm done trying like to teach. I'm like trying to share my comedy. I don't have to explain. No, my, I get it. I don't have to explain my art to you, Warren. God. <laughs> it's my art. It's beautiful. Uh, thank you to uh, Aaron Oster. Thank you to Leon Twyman. Uh, no uh, weekend at bookies this week. We're just going to go back to the. We just basically skipped last week, and we're going to go back to the same rotation. So weekend at bookies will be back next Thursday. We'll see you next Tuesday morning for the next Simply the Bets. In the meantime, get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for every event, including uh, Tyson Fury's fight on Saturday. Reserve your spot. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. May the odds be ever in your favor.